forget about it if I don't ask it. Hey, man, I'm I'm all about that. I did keep uh, notebooks, and I would give my guests notebooks, and then uh, one of my guests was like, this is kind of distracting. So I stopped doing it, and I was just like, but I, I, I dig it. I, I saw a podcast, and that's what they were doing. And well, Like some people, though, man, like the, you'll sit there, you want to have a thought. Because I think the good podcasts are ones that not are scripted, but the ones that like, hey, this comes up. And I want to ask this. You have good comment. You don't want to break it. Sometimes you're like, I want to hear what they're going to say. Cause they'll go out in places. And- yeah, I just like, uh, people always ask me like, hey, well, what are we going to talk? And sometimes I do a themed show. Like, hey, well, we're listening to the new Tool album or whatever it is. Uh, but most of the time it's just, well, we're just going to, we're just going to roll with it and see what happens. So, yeah. You can ask me anything. I'm pretty open book, man. I got I got some questions, um, and I definitely want to uh, want to hear what you uh, want to hear your story more than anything. So I'll give you a quick intro. Uh, episode 45 of Life Unraveled. Uh, Rob Heffley here. You have a podcast and and many other things. Uh, kind of an on, uh, entrepreneurial spirit like myself. So I've uh, we know a lot of the same people. You've trained at my gym a little bit and. Um, We've been injured for the last six months, though. It's my own doing, not not the gym's doing. Man, I've um, I think I just we've talked about. It. I've just been getting over like serious neck and shoulder pain, and uh, it's it's I been had, nice to not have pain. I had an MRI last week. I'm finally I'm feeling good now, though. Hopefully, he releases me to do whatever. But it's been like six months. I went through PT with my knee and then my back. And you've neck. had some knee surgeries. No, I didn't have knee surgeries. Like they started hurting so bad, I could only walk. Yeah, but I was being stupid and. I've had several wrecks since what my doctor, when they did the x-rays, he's like, you've been in a lot of wrecks? I'm like, a few. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there. Yeah. I misspent youth, though. I mean, this part of, you know, now it's starting to come to me. Did you ever have a three-wheeler wreck? Oh, That's yeah. the question. I yeah. had my first three when I was four. Had yeah, I, when I was a kid, I avoided any wrecks on the three-wheeler, but somebody the other day, maybe it was on the podcast, was telling me this atrocious story of a three-wheeler wreck they got into, and I was like, oh, man. You remember those little like, Yamaha 70s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents, we lived in Newton County, you know, north of here, in the middle of nowhere. My dad bought one. First day I had it out there, I was jumping terraces, four years old. First day, went over first terrace, hit the second one, end over end. And I laid there like, oh, God, I'm about to die. And I was like, around, anybody see me? And nobody saw me. I was like, well, I'm not telling them because I don't want them to take it away from me. And uh, yeah. I got up and... But that was that, you know, the free, first three, first day I had it, which is, you know, me. I, I'm really good about wrecking stuff. Mm, just yeah, what you said you were four. Yep. Just get the start off with the bang, man. Early phase of life, just Red start next. having wrecks. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was, I've never, I broke my collarbone uh, when I first started training jujitsu. The first judo seminar I ever went to, I broke my collarbone. And I've dislocated both my middle fingers, but. Other than that, I've been pretty fortunate to not have any breaks or uh, I had a hernia repair, but I hadn't really had any surgeries either. So well, I had a, I had, I broke my collarbone. I was four. I was in a trailer behind a three wheeler, which sounds really safe. My brother wrecked it. And, oh, uh, man. No, so that was the only bone, it's the only bone I've ever broke, but a lot of like, you know, I that's think a my, common injury too. The collarbone is just not yeah. constructed well. Yeah. Now I got plenty of fat. And kind of, you know, I think feel like protected now. Yeah. So like, uh, so you're, you're a pretty active guy, even in spite of you having an injury. I feel like, uh, like since, since I've known you, you, I've seen you post on Facebook and, uh, were you always as active as you are now? No, no. I went through periods up and down. Um, then I went through periods where I worked all the time and got really fat. 
and I've always liked to be active. Love basketball. I was in the Army Reserves when I was younger. You know, different things. Then, uh, it's about ten years ago. I really started trying to go back. You know, I had quit, I didn't have to work eighty hours a week. Kind of making that transition. And I always liked, the, I say trauma bonds. You know, that's one of the reasons I loved CrossFit. I love, you know, in jiu-jitsu. I think anything where you're you're like struggling together, you know, you're suffering together. And that's what, you know, like me and Ryan did a go ruck last year together. Oh, yeah, my buddy Eric does horrible rucks all the time. Horrible thing. Uh, I'm like, why did I put myself into this? You know, I did a half marathon, which I was like, I think that's even dumber. I don't think I've ever cramped like that in my life. Did you do the Rust Vegas? Yeah. Uh, yeah, wow. Did you, tra- did you train for it and everything? Yeah, I trained for it, and I felt like I was probably pretty good, but a couple of days before, I drank a little bit of beer and hung out with my friends way too late and wasn't hydrated. And oh, I was yeah. like seven minutes ahead of Jessica at the halfway point, and she caught me at mile nine. I was cramping so bad. Do you know Brandon Motley? Yeah, I love he's, Brandon. He's been on my podcast Jesus. before. Yeah, Jesus. I've been calling him Green Jeans because yeah. he's a game warden now. <laughs> no. And uh, he told me that that's something that people jokingly call game wardens. I didn't even know, but... Um, he uh, off the couch one time was just like, you know, I'll, I'll train a little jujitsu. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run in this Las Vegas half marathon. He liked to have died, man. He was just like he crossed the finish line and was just wiped, full body cramp. I mean, it was it was vicious for him. This is how bad it was because I mean, I have I have a lot of pride and beating Jessica. I talk trash, you know. She came up to me and I was cramping so bad to go from my quads to my hams, you know, my calves. I looked like I was like this old man, just kind of like back and forth. Oh, wow. And Plexus had sent a documentary guy there to film this from flew in. So I was like, I've got to finish the race. I've got to finish the race looking like a man. So you ever heard Jocko's good speech? Good. I got that started playing it over and over in my head. I sit there, I found it, you know, and I was like, I can do that, you know. Can't stand it straight. Good. Good. That's what I was like, you know. (laughs) And there's, I have to show you the video, video, send the video to you because you see me going across and I was like, thank God I got glasses. I was like clenching my teeth and the guy's got the camera like right up in my face and Jessica's like, there to give me a kiss. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to die. Were you pumped though? Like, Uh, did you have like an overwhelming sense of like, I did it. Oh, and, you know, finishing, man, the Las Vegas, if you're going to run a half marathon, run it. Because people are cheering you on, like loving you. And it's like it the best one. It is a big one. community event around here, man. Yeah. We've sponsored it for a couple of years before that. And I was like, I was excited. I was, I was glad I got to do that and say, hey, at least I did it one time. And it, I did a sprint, the sprint try to the Las Vegas sprint try. It was, it was another one that, man, swimming. I'm a horrible swimmer, like redneck swimmer. I can swim like 20 yards and do really good, but then I have no energy. I got a mean doggy paddle, dude. <laughs> that's, that's what it looked like. There was a chick that started five minutes behind me and beat me. And uh, you can't see anything because, you know, you're training a pool and you get out there, you don't see nothing. I about drowned three people, you know, sitting there chopping real hard at them. And I was like, man, I'm going to kill somebody because my long arms, I would go real hard strokes into it and I'd hit somebody and push them down. I could feel them going oh, down. Wow. Yeah. I was like, I need to, I need to, I need to, I want to learn how to swim better just because I was like, this is not, I'm not a good swimmer. I would, I, there's this guy that's been coming to the gym. It's uh I talk about him on the podcast quite a bit, but I got to tell you about him. He's uh, he's a he's an orthopedic surgeon, seventy two. He's more like lifelong martial artist from the Philippines, but he is a big time swimmer, and he's always like, "Dude, check out how this breaststroke's like my kata," and, and it's like every, like he talks about swimming like every time we train together. He's coming and doing my jujitsu class. He's like a, his highest rank that I know about is a sixth degree in judo black belt. That's awesome. And I and he's a third degree in aikido, and he's 
comes to my jujitsu class, wears a white belt and shows me how to kill people while he's there. Like we go off to, to the side and stay late, but he is always talking about swimming and he does it every morning. I think, I think, man, it's one of the best exercises. I trained it out there for a while when I, I was doing like brick training. I would go ride my bike or run and swim. And swimming is the hardest thing if you're not, do, especially if you're not doing it right. And that's when I watched videos and I had somebody, you know, watch my get how to sit there. And But naturally, one of our arms is strong than the other. Mm-hmm. You got to learn how to breathe. I mean, it's like, you know, if, you don't, if you're not breathing, you're going to sit there, you're going to just like your body. People in jujitsu, I've heard Eddie Bravo, for example, speak of this, uh, talk about, um, the cardio being similar to jujitsu and how you get almost in a, a state of or a breathing pattern that is similar to a state of hyperventilation. It really is. Like I said, you take, you know, you had your head down long enough and you're supposed to come up just perfectly and not suck in water, you know, oh, man. but people, man, that are good at it, especially if you out there, you see somebody like going past you, like lapping you like four times. You're like, shut. I hate you. You know, you want to like go drown them and, but they just make it look easy. Yeah. It's just like jujitsu. You see somebody just flows really easy and makes it, you know, you know, and you're like, man, well, how do they do that? I can't even, <laughs> I can't even lay down that easy. It is. It's remarkable. And like, it, what I tell people is the the mind blows. They never have stopped for me. Like every year that I do jujitsu, I see, I, I experience that in some way. They're fewer the longer I do it, but still, like training with people like Hickson and and offshoots of his style of jujitsu, I see. And in like a lot of his stuff, you've got to like have somebody there that's like, if it's something you don't know, like, hey, yeah, here's this technique you know about, but let me put my hip on you in this way. You feel that, and you're like, yeah. And it's, it's, they call it invisible jujitsu because you do have to, a lot of times you have to feel it or you have to be able to like, so once they teach you that concept, I've been able to associate the concept with other situations. So that's been a, a game changer, but that we had this guy in last year, Jack Toffer from Southern California. He's been on the podcast and, uh, he's blew my mind with the most basic. It's like the sweep I learned first. It was like, hey, here's a way to do it. If they stop it, you just do this and it still works. And like that was the big, and it was like a sweep I learned day one when I was a white belt. And it just like, that was the biggest, like the biggest mind blowing event I've had recently. But it was like, man. And then he showed some other basic sweep like that I'd never seen before. And like, I'm like a historian of jujitsu too. I wrote my master's thesis on martial arts history. So he showed some technique I never showed before. It was the easiest technique I'd ever seen or done. And like all these other techniques, I was just like, man, I know nothing. And and I'm 13 years in and do it every day. I think that here's a, here's a humility there. Um, like I was doing the podcast with Ryan Sunday night, and I had one of his guys he trained with in the Marine Corps. The guy did like pistol, and Ryan did hand-to-hand combat. And Ryan's one of those people like, man, I, I don't know if you know him very well. He won't talk about himself, or but he's got the Marine Corps belt. He's got like the Navy belt, the mm-hmm. Army belt. He's got the Special Forces belt. And, he's got the brown belt and he but you know he should have a black belt but he talks you know i'm like dude, I, when they're, we're talking about he's like i can't do certain stuff because i'm a black I'm like he's been training for like probably 15 years i was like the same school i was like i understand but he'll sit there and show me something you know like or do something and you know sometimes be like knife fighting or something or they like mess with me we did knives last night actually in jiu-jitsu and the, like i was in one class we we're doing messing with him and he's like had my markers his knives showing up, you know how, and people like all marked up all over their faces and talking about how, just that that part of stuff. And I'm like, I didn't ever think about that, you know. And he's just uh, 
that there's a humility I think comes with maturity and those things that you start to sit there, people start to master something more. He was like, I don't know it all. There's more to learning. Oh, I know. And it's, you know, I crave things like, like learning things like that, that, that will never end. Like, uh, like playing guitar or music theory, you know, like I, I like music theory and chaining together my jujitsu techniques are real similar. You know, it's, it's just a repetitive thing. You can move it around, reorganize it, do it forward and backwards. That's what I, I like about your YouTube videos though. Cause a lot of times when you're doing something to train and move, you'll go back and forth, back and forth and not stop. You know, it won't just be like, I do this, but you you'll do it onto each other like you'll mm-hmm. show both sides how to how to come out of it and that's really i think a lot of people don't understand that it's like you know there's a flow with that you can keep going and use this exact same thing almost always was being used on you at that time if you know what you're doing a lot i think the one you did there yesterday i was sitting there watching that because you guys are going back and forth back and forth mm-hmm. you know and a lot of times people because i think jiu-jitsu now is way better known i think joe rogan's helped out a lot that we signed up a guy yesterday i said how'd you hear about jiu-jitsu and he was like joe rogan's podcast man i was like heck yeah dude dude between jiu-jitsu smoking weed and bow hunting tnt also (laughs) and he he was like influencing people i was like there's people going bow hunting and never hunted before and buying you know like Jocko went bow hunting this year, like or just that that understand um, conservation more. Oh yeah, like I love how he's just such a source of education for so many. Like the guests that he has on, um, there was a guy uh, David Sinclair. Did you watch that episode? I'm heard. I'm okay, heard. Uh, they, they, I would recommend this. He's a longevity scientist, so he's like, hey, you want to live longer? Here's some things. And it's it's super interesting because the guy is his specialty is ensuring that you don't have an untimely death, and he's in this. uh, It's like a big field where they're calculating like death dates and stuff. It's it's kind of wild. That's yeah, risk management there. That's what you know, like his stuff too, man. Like talking about conservation there. Like I killed a deer Monday night. Nice. And in my yard, pretty much, like my six acres beside me, skinned it in front of my kids. You know, they're not scarred yet. Seven and four. And Judson's going to have the head, Dad. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we can have that. But I sit there, took it in. My wife's from the north, Illinois. It's like, she's not redneck, you know. So I take it in. Lincoln. Yeah, I take it in there on the platter and start cooking backstrap right there in the. Oh, in, nice. You know, so it was like the great. I was like, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is the best. That's not, I was like, I wouldn't kill a doe just to be killing a doe. I was like, I was like, I, was like, I, was like, I wanted to eat this little. Oh, the t- <laughs> dude, the tenderloin is so yeah. good. Anytime my dad kills one he gives me he usually gives me a couple of straps a year yeah. and i love doing uh like deer tenderloin like biscuits and gravy man that's oh, the way yeah, to go that's good. i just sit there ate that and i took some the next day to my mom and she cooked fried potatoes beans cornbread oh, i mean i'm like total redneck with that you know oh that's dude i love i i'm always after cora to, to cook more beans man i'm just like we got some pinto beans she she doesn't have a cornbread recipe we're still super like we we've been together for a long time but we've only lived in this house for a couple of years and it's like it gets more more home uh, more we we get uh, more meals and everything uh, recipes well jessica doesn't like beans so i cook them when she's gone usually or get my mom to cook a big pot Corey doesn't like beans either man huh. must be a girl thing. <laughs> we just don't care we're like yeah it makes it makes our stomach I'll, weird okay? i'll eat them like for a week i don't care <laughs> she likes bite beans i really like bite beans too but i mean i like good pinto beans yeah. and my dad will make like pinto beans and and uh, homemade cornbread mm. yeah See, we grew up, when I was a, we lived in Newton County until my parents got divorced. Like, we had a huge garden, killed hogs, had a hog, huge hog farm cows. And my, I mean, they still killed hogs outside. 
and my mom would cook like the cornbread on the stove like a real oh, cornmeal in like a dutch oven no or? it's like a skillet she okay. knows like it's oh, the craziest wow. thing it's like it's like crisp she'd mix half and half like store-bought cornmeal and get real cornmeal it's been ground so it's like a little bit grittier and uh, she would mix that and cook it on top of the stove man and it's like some of the best stuff yeah. i often get her to make some break how'd she do her fried potatoes yeah. if you don't mind oh, me asking bacon grease you gotta have bacon grease it's kind of like the magic oh there. that's all right. and you know red potatoes cut up and uh and a lot of times she put bacon in there too to so cook with them in a big iron skillet man and sit there and just uh, cook them let them get you get them crispy don't you gotta let them you can't move them too much you gotta have that crisp and you fry it off and off oh there. nice yeah I, you know i do love crispy uh fried potatoes here's what my dad would do he would um fry potatoes onions and squash that's good that's all good. in the same like in a dutch oven he would season it up real nice and i really enjoy that too i like actually i'll put in um like chop up a bunch of garlic fresh mm-hmm. garlic throw good. it in there or, or just like uh, bigger chunks man and uh i really i like that i like that version myself I'm I like now, sp- like, yeah i know man yeah no. down home cooking oh yeah that's one thing you can't go that's what i really think man we me and jessica we try to slow down i was like man people don't eat together like that anymore cook meals together and we're even part of like a, a ministry one of the things they do is about having Sabbath, and on Friday night they stop and like Shabbat yeah. Shalom, and it's like to get around the table together. We're going to like Jewish hall, you know, like sit yeah, there yeah, and sundown eat, on Friday night, man. And sit there and eat together, drink drink some wine and talk, and it's one of the coolest things. We take some friends usually do like three couples, and one couple will tell their story at each meal, and it's cool, uh, man. and it's just like slow down. There's no time to get done. There's no everybody puts their phones away. It's no media. And it's really about taking Sabbath in your life, about you know resetting. I know a lot of uh, there's uh, several people I know that are the that are Saturday observer Friday yeah. night through because it's sundown Friday through sundown Saturday. Oh, I yeah. guess is their observation. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of Sunday Adventists and a lot of Messianic Jews, and that's what it's just like the way they build their this ministry. They do stuff like that. Now they were in Africa for like ten years and came back, and everything was so fast paced. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, you guys are missing out on each other and missing out on friends and missing out, you know, just eating good food and talking and, you know, not being, we got to be here or do this or, you know, just the conversation part, which I, I mean, I, that's one of my favorite things to do is just hang out with people and eat a good meal. Yeah, too, it's something I've been trying to do more is just uh, like take solo walks. I get a 15 minute day like they encourage us to go do like nothing for 15 minutes at work you know I'm only there six hours but I'll go walk across campus there's got a couple of nice park trail areas and I'll just think about nothing yeah and just just relax and just there or sit outside and just enjoy nature man Uh, have you are you familiar with Enneagram it's a personality test it's kind of Uh, I don't know it's kind of gotten popular the last couple, couple of years but it has like a one through nine it's like the numbers, and each number has like three subtypes. So it's really twenty-seven, and I, it's kind of a rabbit hole. I think you'd probably like it. It's one of those things you start. I've read like ten books in the last year and a half on it. Interesting. And uh, it goes even more. I even got one like Sex and the Enneagram the other day. It was like the best one. But it's so true. Like it's so funny that like, you read it. And you're like, oh my god, that's my wife. That's me. You know. But what it does has like a healthy, an unhealthy, and an average. And then there's you know people wrote how each one. Is like how you're supposed to either rest in stillness or solitude or you know what helps you draw back to your center and uh and all of them man i think a lot of times me for a long time was like make mine's rest in stillness and just to be still it was so hard and to be solitude because i had to be around people but you know like that part two in meditation just walking is such a huge deal just to reset because we're always just bombarded by oh everything. yeah i mean so 
I was thinking, well, I was just thinking about this the other day as I walked out of my office on campus and there were six students in the hall. It was like a time where I was just in my office hours. So I was just chilling or whatever. I was going down the hall for some reason, going to get coffee or something. There were six students in the hall and they were all like waiting for the next class to end so they could go in or it was about to happen or whatever. It was like 45 and this class over at 50. But everybody's just, and, and I'm not like talking down on being on your phone or whatever. I think it's just, maybe healthy to do like what you're talking about an appropriate time where yeah. you're, where you're not but it, they were just all like that's it so there was no like standing there reflecting on your day like uh, that's no being bored anymore exactly yeah right or or maybe no being mindful anymore yeah. that was uh that's one thing that this uh that guy mentioned roland this martial arts guy that's like I joke around, call him Don Rolando to people because he's <laughs> awesome. he's like the godfather of the gym right now. But that's awesome. He is always talking. He's like, yeah, hey, you know, it's cool. Wing Chun caught it. Yeah, it's cool. You know, you do it sitting down and without the dummy, and then you do it without moving in your mind, holding your arms like. And he's like, then you. And he's like, I do this thirty minutes every morning. He's like, it'll help you with mindfulness. Oh, and yeah, he's I'm always huge, talking about mindfulness. I'm a huge advocate of, man, even lifting or whatever, like, you believe you can do it. I mean, sit there, sit there, go through the motions. And There's something interesting about going through the motions. In and, my mind, you know. Yes, yes. And I even I read, I have a contract on my mirror about how, from my family to when I have to perform physically, financially, and I read it. And it's kind of a reminder, like, hey, this is what, are you setting your day to do this? And subconsciously, what's crazy is like law of attraction, whatever you want to call it, you start going towards those things like, hey, I've got to be intentional towards my wife, towards my kids, you know, I'm intentional towards my what I believe about Christ, you know, those things about being a good person and seeing the best in people. But also there's a part like, you know, hold hard boundaries when I need to hold hard boundaries with people. Yeah, I've gotten more so uh, about about boundaries because I did, yeah. man, I just, I don't have a lot of time and I'm going to spend the time I have the way I want and that might involve doing less of something so I could do more of this across the board because I enjoy podcasting so but it's like making time for it is is a thing because I do a lot of other stuff that's where you know like those things like that like that that mindfulness is like I'm mindful these are the things I want to do the person I want to be you know congruency and like I said saying no saying yes to saying no to something else and those things like all those things going back to that hey what am I thinking what a what am I filling my mind with too? And I was like, even people, man, you know, some are just time sucks. Like you're like, oh my gosh, they drag me down. And I'm like, you know, those boundaries for those people, but also as a business, you have to be honest and sit there and be, spend time with people you don't like sometimes. And also students, you're like, oh, this person is wearing me out, but I have to be here three times a week with them. Well, and we were kind of talking about that before we turned on the, uh, the podcast is being in the people business. And sometimes that can take it out of you. Sometimes it's the most rewarding thing ever. Uh, more times than not it's rewarding but it is a selfless kind of a it's a weird it's like an intrinsic sort of reward it's a weird yeah. uh, it's a weird payoff and that's where you know the extroverts and introverts come like I'm extroverted so I become alive with people but there's some that you know I don't come alive with I like like I'm a boy, you know <laughs> like a stiff arm and like oh gosh you know this person again but you know even with that is like learning you know those things even if you're introverted because you, know, you draw energy from being alone or get you know sit there and getting rest my wife like we'll do like a plexus stuff is man there'll be twelve thousand people like in vegas mgm you know it's crazy plus everybody else there 
and she always joked I was like she's plex famous you know so and she's six foot tall so everybody sees her and wants to talk to her ask her how do you do this how, you know and man by when full day at eight o'clock she's done yeah so I take her to the room make sure she's got dinner water kiss her good night give her some love and whatever and I go back out with my buddies and hang out till like three in the morning come back get up at six and go you know but I'm like extrovert and I come alive being around people having fun you know sitting there and seeing people out and seeing it all year long and have four or five buddies and Jessica needs like she's introverted and needs that rest and it's weird that that like extroverting a lot yeah. makes me introvert uh, in more in my free time yeah. like that, that leads me to say more to things because uh, sometimes 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 not it just really t- takes it out of you like in it, 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 I don't know if it's a it's an age thing or it's like as I get older, if it's a patience thing. I think too, like there's a part like I'm going back to Enneagram real quick. I'm a seven, and they're like enthusiast, optimist, want to have like life of the party. You know, like looking, we're gonna make this fun wherever we're at. And but when they're really in health, they integrate into a five, and fives are like I conserve my energy. I'm gonna be read. I'm gonna be analytical. And when I started being healthier, Jessica's like, what is wrong with you? You know, she's like, you're not talking, you're reading. You know, I read a lot anyway, but, you know, she's like, you're more introspective and more just like, are you okay? You know, she kept coming back. I was like, I was like I'm just being healthier now. It's like a, I still enjoy being around people, but I'm, I'm at, you know, it's just a different place. And uh, seeing that, too, and how, too, I think, you know, age, too, I think some maturity comes with that and seeing the things you really enjoy. And am I doing this because it's fun for me and, I, or, you know, I'm doing it for other people? Exactly, kind of a life of pur- purpose and passion, man. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's what, and I tell people this all the time. Just because you have a like life full of your passions doesn't mean they don't come with these other things that we're talking about. A lot of the times, they they, it, and that's just life, man. It's like it would be that if you were doing. I, I, I it's like you could be doing something not your passion and feeling the same way, but worse. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what you know. There's times like some days, man. I'll be worn out, like you said, completely. And I'm like, man, I just want to move to a cabin around, no, you know, like in the middle of nowhere. It's like, you know, 800 square. Like we have a small cab. I was like, I'm going to move up there. It's a loft. I was like, be away from everybody and not have to do anything. Finding, you don't have to know the responsibility. Leave the rat race and, behind. And, and more and more people are doing that. Oh, yeah. And that's what the part of me, too, though, that goes back to there's a responsibility that like, I really feel like my beliefs are God. Um, we're creating God's image, but they're made to be creators. We're made to, to, do, to do stuff, not just. You know, I think to made to be first of all, but also made to create. You know, stuff within us that only we can do and nobody else can do. I was, I'm a. That's that's what got me into doing all this. Is just like I really love creating stuff, content, whatever you want to call it, podcast. Yeah, it is. It recording, is recording music. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I would uh, make videos for the gym. I just love it, man. Did your kids gonna listen to this thirty years later? And say yeah. that's my dad. Yeah, they that's will. what's cool. That's why you know it's gonna things. be there forever. Yeah. My mother's gonna say my dad was a dork. So my, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's that's funny because I well too all the things like that I'll talk about that'll be in like embarrassing. Like the other day, a friend on my Facebook, he has uh, a daughter that is like i don't know she's probably 12 years old but he's like man i don't know how this happened i got this real long hair going out my ear and he, they like showed it to his daughter and her friends and they were like oh my god like <laughs> it's yeah. so embarrassing oh yeah That's but it's great. like yeah dude i do have some weird hair growing in weird places <laughs> i've never and i just noticed it i was like is this second puberty what's yeah, going on just here? wait dude i turned 40 in september and you just turned 40 yeah, yeah okay and wow. i feel okay. like i, I feel like it. i'm i feel like i'm about 85 body wise and 
and uh, just <laughs> all the little things. I feel like I always thought it was joking, but I was like, man, I can tell they're definitely more miles. Man, that, uh, so how do you sleep? You know, I used to not sleep at all. I mean, I really was like, I think I always had something on my mind. And in the last, I'd say probably the last two years, I probably get five or six hours of sleep. I've been getting more sleep. I just like, I mean, I, I go to sleep early now, like okay. about 10 o'clock, maybe 11 at the latest. But uh, then I get up at 530. Yeah. Or four forty five. I think sometimes. you know. I think you know. I really think you get more done. You get up early. It's just one of those things. I hate saying it, but it's just the truth. It's like you, you, even if you get up just a little bit, where, you, where you're not rushed, and where, yeah. you know, yeah, I can get up and do this. But I usually go to bed around a lot of times around midnight one, and I'll get up around six. And uh, sometimes early. It just depends on this, with the time change. I'm still kind of jacked up with it. But uh, I, I really, I'm, I'm most people. I'll be reading. And Jessica wants me to go to bed with her. It's one of those things that we don't have a TV in our bedroom, which is good. I'm not allowed to have that. Huh. We just had a conversation about it today. We have Cord, you know, Cord does not like TVs. In I'm the saying, it's, not our, it's one of those things being good, though. Or, you know, it makes I consciously have to think if I want to watch something, I'll go in there and watch it. You know, I'm not just mindlessly flipping through. Yeah, I know. I would have loved to watch Gettysburg last night, bro. That's what I've been on a Civil War kick. Gettysburg, the, the one with uh, 1993. Denzel Washington. And okay, no, what was that? Okay, Denzel Washington was in Glory, right? Glory, Glory, yes, yeah, I'm sorry. That's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I was just talking. Uh, Gettysburg uh, has um, Martin Sheen as okay. Robert E. Lee. Yeah, yeah. I, I love movies. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. This would have came out when uh, it came out in 93. Yeah, because I had an illegal satellite. That's one thing, too, from my parents from 84 to 89. So I've seen like 80s movies. I've seen them all, and I still watch. If there's an 80s, 90s movie, I've probably seen it five times. Yeah. I was watching another one. This this is like these I made for TV movies, man. I don't know if Gettysburg was, but uh, there's one about this prison uh, prison camp, Andersonville, mm-hmm. that I recently watched. It's wild, man. Civil War is freaking wild. Oh, yeah, it, I mean, it, now it's today I've been reading uh, Sebastian Younger's book. You know, he talks about the one about a uh, tribe. Talks about yes, war. yes, yes, yes. You ever read it? No, no, I, I have not read it. Actually. It was on my list for read forever, and somebody brought it the other day, and I was, ordered it finally. And uh, do you listen to more audiobooks than than you actually no. read? Or like last year, I read forty one books, and three of those were like audio. My like two was digital, but I, I, I like having a real book. If you ever if you ever want a book or need a book or want to borrow, probably call me. I probably have it. Okay, under yeah. my bed or on a shelf somewhere. I've got a I've got a decent collection. Um, especially history books i i have about two complete bookcases large bookcases but um i've started doing more audiobooks i'm more of an auditory learner and i just realized my retention rates were way higher than when i read so i'm a a huge highlighter and i go back like i have books i really got upset jessica put some bookshelves in in our bedroom i wanted but i had some like where our tv used to sit at and there and I had some under the bed, but I had like, these are the books I've read, but I'm still going back to. It was like a section, here's the books I want to read. It's in my closet, you know, for this year. And here, you know, I had like all organized in my chaos. And they redecorated our bedroom and took every, I mean, I was like, they're all mixed together. I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. I like lost it. I was like a little kid that was like OCD in a, in a jacked up chaos way. I was like, these are the ones, because I would go back, you know, like I want to reread or re- go back to something. Well, yeah, like anytime uh, somebody would ask Thomas Jefferson about something, he would be like, 
Let me read it all. I'll tell you all about it. It's right here on page 327 of this book on shelf number four. Like he would have it down to where he just knew everything. Everything for Thomas Jefferson was like a systematized list of like the most logical. Yeah. Mine's kind of like that, but not quite that good. I remember. I mean, I remember lots of books. I mean, stuff pulled out of them. Cause I highlight stuff a lot and try not to highlight too much. But the stuff that's very important, I'll go back to and quotes and stuff. And I'll I share do, stuff with Ryan I do with the books I read. I mean, just like uh, there's so many books I work with around the topics that I teach, which whether that be the Civil War or the Assyrians or whatever it is, where I will constantly go back to that stuff. And it's nice having it highlighted or underlined or I take notes on certain books and I will save those and kind of categorize them and systematize them in that way. So... It's nice. I've been teaching long enough. I have a lot of content, and it's like a, it's like, it's like a, a sort of an intellectual property. I'm like, I got, I had this, I got 28 pages of notes on the Civil War, ladies and gentlemen. So you teach? What do you teach right now? U.S. One, and then Western Civ uh, One. That's the course that I teach primarily. I also teach Civ Two. U.S. Two. I haven't taught. But I will teach eventually. Is that um, B1865 and after? Or is it? I think uh, that would, yes, but it's also, it's really post-reconstruction, so it's more 1877 mm-hmm. to present, US2 is. And that's where really most of my content area is concentrated. I've had Vietnam War, Civil War, 45 to present, 14 to 45. Had all of these classes in that area, but... Uh, that'll probably be the last class I teach in my rotation. Just like, but uh, US one really, I didn't enjoy teaching that till recently, and now like we're wrapping up on the recon- We're about to start reconstruction, and I really like. Have you been? To, have you been to DC? I, I just went to DC for the first time last year. I I went. We walked around and saw the White House and stuff. I didn't get to do as much. We were sat there watching widespread painting for three days. So, but I I want to go back uh, one of these days, not anytime soon. But it's, I mean, I think history wise, there's just like there's so much there you don't get. Like we were there, we went to Israel in February, and we were flying through DC. So we were there for like a day or two, just because the way our trip was set up. And I'd never been to Fort Theater. Oh and, yeah, which is completely I did, I people did don't not go, go to there you know either. I, and I was like, you know, it was one of those things I'd never times I've been there before, but. You can go in and see where he shot, you know. Six Semper Tyrannus. Yeah. But then you see all they have, like, there's a room that has all the conspiracies on it. Oh, wow. In which I love that part of it, you know, just, uh, it was just completely different, you know, who, who was in, these people were they involved, what were they trying to do? Have and, you seen that movie they did in 2010 with James McAvoy, The Conspirators? Yeah. That's a, that's a good one that um, I'd kind of, I saw it in theaters when it came out, but I'd kind of forgotten about it. And, um, it's just we were we were talking about all these different uh, movies that commemorate the Civil War, and I mean that's a big. There's been so many that have been made, and I mean just in the last twenty years, particularly. But yeah, that's that's a good. One. I need to go watch that again. Yeah, yeah I get in those moods like that. I'll go watch stuff. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. So I was watching. I just finished Gettysburg this this uh, earlier today, and I started watching Andersonville, and I'll probably finish it later, but. It, it, it gets you interested too you know like it's it's good for me to like be reading a book about arkansas civil war and then i'm teaching about the civil because i got a, a book by tom de black that's uh it's the civil war in arkansas is really good it's called with fire and sword and uh he was the he was one of the professors of arkansas history forever at tech authored the textbook and 
he uh, he has a great book on it. But then then I'm watching these movies and lecturing on it and reading my reading the chat. So it's just like I get engulfed with all, all of these different accounts and then I'm just googling stats. That's a bit been a big thing to stats from battlefields and it's crazy isn't it. We don't let me not think about how many people really lost their lives until you see Oh Gettysburg fifty two thousand people uh-huh. in th- less uh, less than three full days of engagement. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things about Remember the Titans when he has them run. They there you know like there's I was like how cool the guy who wrote that was so smart to make that you know where they could do that. I was just uh That's how I just saw that I need to add that to my watch list on uh Disney Plus, man. Oh, have, yeah. Do you have Disney Plus yet? It took me three days to download it. My found finally on my T V my Samsung T V I bought in two thousand sixteen was actually a two thousand fifteen model, which is not compatible with Disney Plus. Which oh, bummer, I'm dude. but then I couldn't get my iPad to order AirServe the QR code it wouldn't like pick it up off the TV to sit there to search but then Jessica I thought she'd had a fire stick she bought for like a Plexus giveaway and I was like is a fire stick in the house I've told the kids they can watch Disney play and I found it last night because I had them on the iPad watching it and I found it last night and we watched the Shaggy DA one of the old Oh, oh yeah uh, man i added a bunch of old yellers with family robinson i had a whole bunch of older uh disney films i'm i'm hoping that they come out with more one i was looking for is um oh what is it called it's got the kid from it's about the drummer boy in the civil war yeah i know it's, you're talking about uh, uh, something shiloh maybe yeah i know you're talking about there's a couple in there what on there there's one as a ghost movie it's a disney movie it's like setting this house and this like secret passageways. It's one thing we had the Disney Channel, so I've seen all these movies and I've watched. It's Swiss so nostalgic, family. man. We watched Tall Tale the other night. You remember that oh, yeah, with Patrick yeah. Swayze, dude? <laughs> <sighs> Rocketeers on there. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Uh, we should be watching it right now. Just, <laughs> for you, just I was, have it on I the told background. Judson and I, I was like, hey, when Randy goes to bed, we can watch. He wants to watch Star Wars. I was like, when she goes to bed, we can watch Star dude, Wars. Gargoyles, the X Men cartoon, the original Spider Man from the nineties. It's all on there. It's, so I was like, yeah, I'm definitely, um, I like, I, I sit there, got kind of excited after I seen all the stuff that was on there. Cause I thought it was just going to be cartoons. And I was like, all the old stuff's on here. Oh yeah. Well, and two, they, there's all the stuff that they, Disney had had on other networks that they're, that they will no longer have on other networks. And when those contracts end, we're talking dozens and dozens of titles that will go on Disney's server and they'll pull things in and out of the, uh, the vault. There's only like less than 400, things to stream on there right now but it's like think about the vast amount of content they have that's where you know i think too because they own espn and own fox now and own all these i think they'll probably even pull you know eventually well the marvel universe that's big but there's several of the movies that aren't on there i was like oh because i've been wanting to do a series of podcasts over the marvel universe just kind of break it down talk about it watch it and now they've started they've got a thing out for the star wars universe about like what order to watch it in and like where where Solo is occurring in the timeline, which means that Darth Maul definitely still alive. I'm man, I'm excited about. It. I li- did you like the new Solo movie? I liked it. See, I haven't seen it yet. That's one of the things I was waiting. Judson, I've been trying to let him. I wanted him to want to watch him together mm, yeah my, and, my uh, friend colby's like that he's not my child but he's like my best friend <laughs> and, and i'm like you. dude you never seen episode one oh my god you know <laughs> and i've sat there try to let him you know because i want and that's what even like you know he quit jits last year and it made me kind of upset and uh he's one of those kids that is so unique he's a black and white <laughs> about everything he's like dad i don't hurt i was like you're not hurting people and uh but you know like even like he's playing basketball this year, I think, and uh, I'm trying not to push him. He's real artistic. I let him, I buy, so I buy like, 
pages of art stuff and you know stuff to let him play and be and i was like i want you to be your own stuff and i want you to be just like the stuff i want to do and hunting even when we go like hunting now i have i bought him like a fanny pack that has a notebook in it that he can you know nice. if he wants to, i was like if you want to do i don't want like, i don't want you doing things you don't want to do but and watching stuff but because i grew up man watching rambo first blood i mean that movie long wolf mcquade you know chuck nor my okay, dad let me okay, watch all this I, I, got, I got a question for you ever seen firewalker that's one oh of my yeah dude, dude. That's, <laughs> every time Luke, i Louis Gossett jr oh yeah <laughs> dude, every time i smother somebody in jiu-jitsu i put my hand over their mouth to make them tap i'm like you ever seen firewalker <laughs> and then uh that that um that bad guy in moments frozen in time man i that's like that's one of the earliest chuck norris movies i remember seeing that and uh missing in action one, one two, two and three, three. Uh, man two and three two is the best for sure three was the first one i saw so i got a soft spot for i remember that. i watched that in clarksville in 1989 i think it was 1989 oh wow yeah i'm from clarksville so. it's my, my, my uncle's house my parents got divorced and we're staying there and my dad tried to get rambo three and it, it was rented out of course Oh yeah, you probably yeah. The tag wasn't on the nail at the movie theater. <laughs> well, you probably like it, depending on where you went. Oh, yeah. Well, my dad, you know, like he man, he let me watch. He loved Chuck Norris. He still loves Chuck Norris. You know, like along with McQuaid, he buries him in the ground. You know, comes out because David Carradine's in that one. It's a classic. You know, I just had the David Carradine meme for the uh, Facebook today. Yeah, but uh, I could have I could have met Chuck Norris this year, dude. Really? I, I ended up. They were really wanting me to teach all summer, which I did. Uh and I didn't go to the trade show in Vegas. I've been like six times. Uh, but it would have been nice to go again. I'm going to go again this probably this summer is the plan. Um, but uh, Chuck Norris was there. He's old. Man. Talk about longevity. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, uh, I forget. He's in his 70s, 75 maybe. Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah, something like that. I remember when, like, we're, like the time period we're talking about when I'm seeing these movies, like somebody being like Chuck Norris at 55, and I was like, holy crap, no. That is like too, like how is he that old? Like I remember being like eight, just like so mind blown. That dude, I'll tell you another good movie is Delta Force. Dude, yeah, I like Delta Force too, too. Yeah, South America. yeah, yeah. But I like in the first one, Beirut's pretty cool seeing, especially seeing operators that go and do stuff like that because now that you know they're crazy, you know, sit there, they don't, they're unassuming, have beards, and yeah. they do crazy stuff that you think, man, how's that possible? See, what well, now, now I want to do podcasts over Chuck Norris movies <laughs> we where do we that. just talk about them. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. That's the cool thing about a podcast is like we've we've done that before. Like uh, reviewed like just different TV shows that, that Brandon Motley and I we were just talking about Sons of Anarchy for like two hours one time. Sons of Anarchy, Jackson, my favorite. Dude, that's a good I show, cried. man. I cried. I cried. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was like when he told his son, he's like, "Don't let him be like me." I was like, and I was like, that was one of the, and I was like, that was one of the craziest things, you know. He goes and he, just, you know, it's the end of it. It's like, man, I was so man. The, the end i was just wiped out and then, and then there was all this speculation that there's going to be like some spinoff series with brad pitt playing jackson or something i was just like dude bring it to, bring it and then there's been nothing but i didn't get into sons of anarchy till it had been out for a long time i can't remember if i watched the finale while it was still on or if it's after it all ended i had a, had a little break in mind because my wife i look like jessica's pure white snow I mean, like she almost didn't go on second date because our second day I took her to watch Step Brothers in her house, and we just watched that the other night. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite movies ever. And like the first two years of our marriage, she's like, "That's inappropriate." I mean, that, she's kind of just gotten used to it now. But I was like, I didn't watch it, you know, and I kind of like went waited for a while, and I started watching it again, the streaming, because I just, I mean, I like the story. Uh, I'm a huge, uh, I love rough people, man. Because I mean, 
military oil field. Because I see the yeah. best in them. But I was like, these people are good people, you know, but they have some. And my dad's an outlaw, too. I mean, that's groups, a, man. Uh, diver, like, that's diversity. Mm-hmm. Where it's all these different uh, marginalized groups in society. I'm I'm fascinated by, like, countercultures and. Oh, yeah. Well, I too, people that are comfortable with themselves. That's one thing I love about you, man, because you, you, you march your own beat, you know. And so many people don't. They try to be like other people. And uh, people like that, I'm attracted to. Like, man, I like. I wonder why they are the way they are, and they're completely comfortable about who they are, and they don't care what, how long their hair is, or what they drive, or you know what they wear, what they. You know, yeah. I'm talking about. They're just themselves. Even my, my brother pastors a church in, in town, and dude, he has long, long hair. I mean, like, it used to be a mullet, but it's like long hair now. And he'll wear like these TD Jakes black suits, like you know, in cowboy boots. And it's like the most like I'm like, what are you doing? He's being <laughs> he, himself. He doesn't care, man. You'll see him on the bike trail. He'll have like his hair like flapping and wind looks, you know, long and have like he'll have like sit there like jeans on on the bike, just chilling, you know. He's, yeah. he's fifty years old, just that's just who he is. He, and it's funny to me, I was like, You're just comfortable with who you are and I think that the I think too with age the more you get like that, you don't care what people think. Well, and I try and pat like the student, like I have 160 students is what I start off with each semester. Plus all the people at the gym. I love like, I'll get somebody with long hair and I'll be like, you're never going to make it anywhere in life with hair like that. And then they look at me and they're like, but you made it somewhere. And I was just like, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I love being kind of sarcastic with people like that, but it, you know, I hate uh, the stereotypes like that. Like, oh, you can't be successful if you're uh, blah, blah, blah. Or if you have a blah, blah, blah. Or if you, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's just the way. And, too, I think small-mindedness, too, man. We, growing up, I mean, I love Pope County for some things and some things I don't because of that, you know. Like, because most people, when somebody's different, I want to know, man. I want to know more about, you know, because, and, too, when they have, people move here i'm like why'd you move here because <laughs> i want to know i know yeah I'm, i've always been fascinated ever since i was a kid i'm like you moved here from california like why did you do that like why would you do that and and that night now that i'm older i'm like oh yes, yes oh exactly i, I mean because i moved i moved back here four about four and a half years ago where okay so like where did you where did you move from what well uh we lived in cersei um and jessica got married i was living in conway she lived in cersei's working at harding and we lived there and i guess about four or five years and moved to Ohio for a year for work. Then moved back. Then with Plexus like blew up and we could live wherever we wanted to. And, and part of me is like, I wanted my kids to know my mom. Cause she's the reason I turned out decent. I mean, she raised me and like prayed for me every day. She and, wouldn't like, let you me. watch Rambo first. Oh, no, she, oh, she, like, pray, she's in there praying like Jesus. Why, you know, my, but she's my, my, I don't have my mom and dad got together. It's kind of like that. She's just a really sweet lady and just, you know, sacrificed a ton for me. And I wanted my kids to know her and, uh, she's 73 now. So, and I told her, I was like, man, I was like, you pass away, I'll probably move somewhere. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I was like, we'll probably, you know, just we'll take the kids and go somewhere and travel or, you know, do something. And uh, I was like, I'll probably always come back here. I was like, it's a good place to raise kids. I was like, but, but I like being home now, man. I've like created our own little paradise. And I like, I like to travel, but I like coming home and, you know, my own little place. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I'm in a weird little phase where like Cor and I have done so much for the whole time we've been together because I was just starting to build the gym when, when we got together and then she hopped on board when we first opened like six months after being in our first location, 2012, she was teaching kids and it's become super involved. But like we've yeah gone to Vegas half a dozen times. 
we've I've competed in Worlds three times, Pans twice, American all over the country competing or going to a trade show. I'm just kind of in a weird spot where it's like we're about to go to the gym. Uh, I'm just just doing things I want to do right now and moving the gym, and that's it. Like uh, it's in. I really have no desires. I've done so much leisurely activity, even like the last year and a half. We've done a lot of like leisure gone to see widespread panic 25 times if you can see me that's cultish but it's okay it it is it's funny like there was there was some video my uh, my friend colby sent me earlier and it was like this guy it was it was classic he and i and it was like bro have you heard panic cover this have you heard panic cover that and he's just like the other guy's like man panic i'm just so sick i'm sick of panic dude that's a terrible song like why don't they have a hit like the Foo fighters like that (laughs) just saying stuff like that and i'm always on my dad's a terrible song man but really i love all their stuff also, you know, you said though. I think one of your podcasts is listed is like you said that one guy's 132 times he'd seen him or something like. <laughs> oh man, people like somebody. I don't know if they're telling the truth. Somebody said they seen him 1,300 times the other day in, in Panic Stream, and um, like then somebody put a meme up is like John Bell the singer, and he's like, "Oh, you've seen me play live 360 times. That's cute." I've been to all the shows, <laughs> like, and I mean to think about how many times they played. It's like wow but you know you see groups like that man even the other day i was talking about you know rolling stones acdc they've been turning willie <laughs> before nelson. Before, yeah willie i seen willie nelson i guess five or six years ago and the dude man i was like i was sitting there thinking this guy is so freaking old and he's on you know cma's last i guess two nights ago whatever yeah. it's a picture of him loretta lynn which i love outlaw country he's like one of my favorite things but i was like man it's kind of sad because the same way I see my parent, my dad's like seventy three, like he's like a weaker mild, you know, like that, you know, like there's like this, this, this kind of error, like ending. I know it's it's interesting. We just went. Have you ever been to the Ryman in Nashville? No, I haven't. That's one of my. That's one of the places I want to go. Uh, we just saw Panic. There, I know, play, I, play acoustic. It was insane. But uh, just the number of people like Willie Nelson and and legends oh, yeah, that oh, have yeah. been in there, it was just like oh. So, but have you listened to any Lucas Nelson? Yeah, I, I, I like his stuff. I, did, he's, I mean, he's different. That's where, man. You know, even like you know Johnny, Ke- you know Shooter Jennings. You know Shooter. Like, I love yeah. Shooter. Yeah, stuff. I've never got super into him, but man, I've been, um, I've been getting super more so into Sturgill Simpson. I like Sturgill. Um, his new stuff's good. Yeah, I was saying I was talking with somebody about doing a podcast on each one of his albums. Just listening to each one of his albums on the podcast, just t- chatting about it. But um, uh. Shooter Jennings, somebody else, uh, who, oh man. I'm My liking. favorite thing I listen to by myself, and sometimes I'll go outside and turn all the, I'll turn all the pull lights off and I build a fire outside is, uh, his name's Ryan Bingham. He, I don't uh, know if I've heard of him. Man, he, uh, there's a movie called Crazy Heart came out probably six, seven years ago. It had Jeff Bridges played that kind of washed up country singer that Bad Blake was his name and had Maggie Gyllenhaal and she was a, reporter trying to report on him and he just kind of fell in love with her Jeff Bridges but uh it's 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 a good it's a good movie you know it's kind of especially if you like that Jeff you know sit there but uh Ryan Bingham wrote the song and played he won a Grammy and but he's got this like he's a little little dude but he sounds like he's like 60 and smoked like two packs a day and got that just pain you know in 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 his voice and uh he uh but he has some he has some fun songs he's played he played on the Civil War movies too uh is that one that came out about two years ago it's really rough it's got christian bell in it it's indians where they 
Oh, man. I know which one you're talking about. It was like like a, a Netflix original or something. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, I know. Yes. He's in that movie. Uh, but he... Uh, he plays a small place. He after he won that Grammy, but he's never he never went mainstream. He he still cusses a lot and still you know just himself, which I like that because it's like you're not trying to be something you're not. But he has he'll play different guitars. You have different sounds in his stuff. And do you, do you play music? No, I wish I could. It's one of those things that I can play the radio. And I yeah. really like Jessica. Uh, she's like, I want you to get a guitar. Actually, I have a voucher to go pick a guitar out. And I joke, I was like, I don't want a good guitar. Well, you know what guy. you should do? Which <clears throat> first off. My, my main man who was probably listening to this Brian Channel with Valley Piano is the, the dude who I tell everybody to go see he does all my work he's the man he's my friend he's been on the podcast I support his business Olsen is going out of business though and I know you're probably not trying to save bucks on a guitar but somebody texted me yesterday and was like dude Olsen's straight acoustics are like dirt cheap right now uh, and that's like probably the thing you could get the best deal on with them yeah. going out of business. Oh yeah, that's what you know. It's one of my things. Twenty twenty, I wrote down just because stress really. I took lessons several years ago, and I know some. You know, just I like, but I love, I love music though because the moods. You know, sit there just I'll sit. If you looked at my playlist, it is the funniest, most. I did like a my fortieth birthday playlist, and and that, we had like live music my birthday, which was fun. Dude played everything. Then I uh, had a list I played. And it had Tori's B.I.G. on it. And then it had, then it had, it had Lucas Nelson. Then it had, you know, something like Willie Nelson. Then it had, you mean it went from all these things and they just, just cause, like, what do you what, think about Rage Against Machine coming back? Are you, that, are you a fan? Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan, but it's like, it's a, you know, like, uh, I mean, I was like the other day, I was talking to a guy that went and heard Zach Brown band at, uh, in, Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, I know some people and, that were And they, they covered one of their songs. And Wow. And I was like, because I went, Zach Brown's another, as far as you like, musicians. Like, they played Metallic when I saw them live. They yeah, played The Devil Went Down to Georgia better than Charlie I, I love when bands do covers. Uh, I do too. That's what, why, you know, like, their song, their covers, you know, like some of the best songs. But I was like, to me, that's just like honoring somebody else. Like, hey, this is. It is. And that's, I too, I think it's like the pinnacle of art outside of creating your own original song or whatever is like hey i heard this song that's everybody's heard but this was my interpretation of it and and it's different and it's unique and it's not it's not ever the same as the original artist i'll tell you my johnny cash is my all-time favorite like johnny cash he's he's my i just feel like i relate to him i've screwed up about it. i feel like as much as him like made more mistakes you know like we i feel like i'm just me and johnny cash to be friends for life but you know when he did hurt oh man and he's sitting there. He's like, well, "What's his face up? I can't even think." The guy that wrote it originally, Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, like, who has like, a famous country song yeah. right now. He's like, "I could never do it again after that because Johnny Cash did it." You know, and I was like, "How cool is that to say?" Imagine that? Johnny Cash doing your art. Yeah, that's I, what, I, yeah, it's exact. That's what's so cool. I think too. That's I mean, too. I was like, "What a compliment, man!" Somebody, and too at the age where he was at, and you know the end of life where he was you know and that's what that video is a tear dude. Man. i mean it's one of those i go you know i always think about that as amazing and, and i've kind of been experiencing some of those little things seeing that my like my dad's 73 he had a really bad wreck about two months ago should have died hit a tree like had a carotid artery blocked and hit a tree like in this field going like oh, 60 was it like a widow maker did he have a heart attack no. or just like he just, just kind of lost consciousness he, just, he lost consciousness and fell over in the seat and hit i mean like t-bone a tree but he's lost weight you know his meeker mild and, and he's like john wayne looking squinted out you know won't wear glasses you know yeah, wranglers right. and you know was always about 250 and just 
louder than life and outlaw you know <laughs> loving women lover you know everything you know possibly do wrong just <clears throat> but seeing him like more meek and mine were at deer camp at our family one up in newton county this last weekend and him and his uh two cousins are in the 80s and his brother's like 75 sitting around the fire and they're telling stories and some were you know i mean stuff they'd done i can't probably don't need to repeat on there you guys make it this far <laughs> yeah exactly but it was really it's like you know but it was like they're reminiscing but and uh do you know john vanderpool famous um, hippie I, I, I don't know actually he's not really a hippie he's a legend but he's our cousin he was there too he's got a long he played for you know charlie rich band he played for the charlie rich band okay. he lives up in newton county and uh music wise he's just very still his talent and but him and my dad are like i guess they're the first cousins and they're talking about it's like thanks for they're like loving on each other they thanks for coming getting out of jail you know different thanks for you know these things that, you know, that time you know, but it was like multiple it wasn't you know it was like you know you came and got me out of here and you know took care and it was like seeing them really and it was kind of a neat thing you know like in our lives hey you know can't believe we made it this far and uh and they were telling stories about that because my little boy went to bed and a couple other ones in bed but they're just being real with each other and you know all the posing all you know and uh, talking about from girlfriends to you know sitting there to family members and hey man we lived in a little 800 square foot shack you know like 10 of us together you know cousins but we always took care of each other and, and it was kind of neat to see that you know and it remind me that john you know that time you know end of life like you know how about live my life and and even to me now like what kind of legacy do i want to leave you know because my kids what am i modeling for them and you know what am i doing and and yeah core and i are in planning phases uh up for starting our family and it's interesting man it, it's uh because i can't i i don't uh i can only know when it happens like every dad tells me it's like dude it's when it happens this thing happens where you don't you're not the same anymore it's the best thing and the hardest thing like there's like this weightiness of like and I know you'll love your kids, you know, like there's a, that how much I would kill for them, you know, and, you know, sit there and there's the same time as like, you want to make sure your model would be good, you know, you know that, Hey, I'm screwing up. And, and it's a funny story. Like just, you know, he's black and white about stuff. And then I smoke cigar every once in a while, you know, I'm not like a huge smoker, you know, but I was the first time I ever smoked a cigar with my dad, which was kind of a cool thing by the fire and Judson saw it, man. And he had a, like an anti-smoking campaign at school the week before. So he's like, it's bad. You know, he's like, Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> so I had to go comfort him. And I was sitting there thinking about, you know, why am I talking? I was like, but it's not bad. You know, I explained to him. I was like, this is a cigar, not a cigarette. You know, I was like, still not the best for you. But Dad doesn't do this all every day. But how their little minds comprehend stuff, man. You know, I could stare and push. I was like, what are you, you know, getting mad at him? And how Yeah, see, that's a little stuff. Like Jeff Woods, he was on the podcast. You know Woods? Uh, I'm sure he's probably, you've trained at the Manoon class and stuff. But he was just like, I talked to him about this so- subject a lot. And, and other dads that I know in my life, too. But um, he's just like, D- just accept that you're going to screw it up. And just charge forward anyway. Like, don't let that be a deterrent. Like, like once you accept that, then then it, you can start making it w- like what it should be. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the part, too, is, um, man, I, you know, like being along with the kids for three or four days, I mean, I yell, end up yelling at them, whatever. And I have to apologize. I was like, hey, 
I'm not acting the right way always, and I'm sorry, you know. But man, I think when you learn how to do that and learn and take ownership, I think that's a marriage or anything. That's take a big on, ownership is like my. It's changed my life because used to have like whatever. It's your fault, you know. <laughs> I don't want to take ownership, but even with your kids, there's the things that you know. And man, Judson, I walk with him every day. He rides a bus for a mile to Center Valley, which is funny. But he wants to ride the bus. Which yeah, I, yeah. And we'll go out I, there. I remember that. And I'll go out there and sit by him, and we'll stand out there. And usually, even when it's cold walking, I pray for him, like, "Hey, have a great day." And you know, I tell him I love him, like, give me a bear hug, and and tell him I'm proud of him, it's like you know, and just like speak life into him. You know, pretty much you can do anything you want to, and just uh, you know, be good today. And man, but there's those days, dude. Like, and my little girl too. She, you know, loving on her and. Man, there's nothing like it, and that's what you're, you're gonna. You guys are gonna do great. Cause you guys have done things the right way. You set your business up, and it's going good. And you're gonna be able to enjoy your kids and not be like, I'm trying to work and trying to do this and not be a part of their lives. That, yeah, that's a bit. The big uh, strategy was to like build a a good life uh, for ourselves that we could have. It's like, hey, they're coming into uh, something we prepared for them to come into instead of like I felt my parents like I was talking to this with Corey the other day and like n- n- not talking bad about people that do this all but like, like they had my sister when they were like 19 years old and had just got married and didn't have careers or like weren't weren't well established and it was just like I just looked at that and wanted to take the total opposite route it's like I'm going to get out of high school I'm going to get my education uh, I'm going to start my business I'm going to get a career I'm going to start paying back my student loans. Core and I are going to get married and somewhere in this mix of me getting out of college, she's going to get out of college and then we're going to start a family and we're to that last part. Yeah. We did all the other stuff. And I, I tell people this all the time, like doing all the other stuff is a weird thing because I, it's like all my goals were accomplished. And I like, I realized that actually setting watching widespread panic in mud Island and there were some fights that night and like I wasn't at the fights. It's like the first time I didn't have to be at the fights. Like they were covered. We had two guys win. It was great. But it was just it, it was uh it was an interesting reward to sit there and be like, Oh man, I accomplished all my goals but then an empty feeling because I had no I was like what that's about what, being a man you have to have purpose though. what did I do now? I mean, yes, it was it was empty. it, it was weird. Because I literally did, I I just was so caught up in accomplishing, I didn't, I didn't plan new ones. Here's what I mean, I struggle with that too. Because, um, and I heard I was in Colorado a couple months back. There's a, it's like a seminar. It's called Becoming Good Soil. You ever heard of John Eldridge? He wrote a book like 20 years ago called Wild at Heart. And he's like pretty much live live adventure, pursue your beauty, you know. And pretty much he talks about the pussification of Jesus Christ. <laughs> But God, you know, it's not, it wasn't mean to be that way. We're supposed to be men and be masculine, but not, you know, over, but be, you know, sit there. You're supposed to have an adventure. It's what we're built for, not to be sit there stuck in a cubicle, not to be, you know, sit there, pursue your woman. You love her. You know, she needs to know that, not, you know, her coming towards you and all these things. But 20 years I wrote this book called Wild at Heart, which I love. It's one of those I go back to just trying to learn how to be a dad, you know, because I didn't have really, my dad didn't really model that the best way of these things. And well, and that's, that's, it's kind of like owning the business. It's like, that's why I like talking to other dads about this. It's like, uh, I tell people this all the time, and some businesses and industries have this, but it's like, hey, uh, yeah, so I just went down to Hastings, which I miss greatly. Oh, my God. But I just went down to Hastings, and I went over to the book section, and, and there, where the books for dummies are, I got how to 
run a martial arts business for dummies. And I was like, oh no, I didn't because that book does not exist. You know, so it's just like a lot of um, trial and error making things up. And Oh yeah, and that's what, you know, even like, I'm not talking about John Andrews too much, but he has a second book called Fathered by God. But he talks about stages, like the ranger stage. It's really, you know, the boy, that first ritual that we don't, we our, our society misses out, you know, anthropology. We don't have that ritual at 12 years, 13 years old, become a yeah, man. Yeah, kind of the coming of age. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to build those in for Judson, but, you know, the ranger, the next one after that, uh, I think he's like the warrior, then then the lover, then there's like the king, you know, you're over your kingdom, like right now you're over your kingdom, your business, you know, your wife, you know, your kids. Then the last one's a sage. And what happens is there's not a lot of sages because the baby boomers have like, they've not, they're not, there's no depth. They're like, I want to have a big house, I want a big car, I want to have retirement, and I've not read a book in 10 years. I'm not, <laughs> I've not done anything, you know, and there's a few of them, and I, I like pursue those guys, like the ones that are living, you know, that sage life, you know, like, hey, how'd you do this? How are you? And the ones I find, man, I like grasp onto them when I ask them, like, you know, the 20 questions about being a dad, about being a husband, about being a business owner. And man, that's where that knowledge and, and it's so cool. And that thing I went to was called Becoming Good Soil. Is like they brought in like 40 sages from all over the world and got to talk to them about questions and about, you know, sage, about sage is such an interesting archetype, yeah. too. If oh, yeah. you've ever studied that, yeah, yeah, it's it, an it archetype. is. You know, sitting there because like that thing, I was like, it's not just age to me. I was like, you have to have some wisdom, you have to have some failures to be that. And I got to, you know, some of these guys I still talk to, man. I met, you know, in Colorado like six months ago that I want to ask, you know, questions to. You know, I sit there and about, hey, how'd you handle this? Or or even now, this place to have, we've been slightly successful in business stuff. And like you said, there's a part of me that, hey, what's next? Yeah, or, so I actually do want to know more about, like, what do you do, <laughs> man? Like, I know, I know, like, so like, it, this is the thing, like, whoever it is, like, McMillan or like, we know a lot of the same people that, like, you'll come up and be like, yeah, Rob, man. He's yeah, <laughs> he's super good. You know, he's super successful. Good, yeah. But it's like, what? What are you into? Like, what? Uh, I, I, you're you got diverse back. I, I, I sell illegal drugs. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I sell supplements. No, man. I I've done a little bit of everything, which is weird. In jack all trades, and uh, I actually have a master's in counseling. Oh wow! I gave good my man. license up about two years ago, and the last year I counseled at, at an office for a while in Russellville. I only charged one dude. Now, I wouldn't tell people that because he's a douchebag, so I charged him. And uh, when I, one of the reasons I did, there's a couple of reasons because I really felt like a lot of times they don't want you to sit there and tell tell your story, your counseling, but I think that's important. And not all the time. I don't think you tell it for your, your purpose, but I think for their purpose sometimes, like, hey, you need to hear. And and also, man, uh, the, the, the spectrums, the, the filters we see our life through, like, I'm a Christian, not like a Bible-thumping Christian. I'm a Christian that drinks smokes loves jesus but i think that perspective i can't be honest with you and say hey man i've jacked up more than you'll ever know like my yeah. my, my closet is like a walk-in closet of skeletons it's like it goes deep and but i think if i can't be real about that in like therapy they want they don't want a separation they want a desk they don't want you know they don't want relationship and i i disagree with that model because i think i think sometimes you have to have that especially opposite sex it should be because there's an intimate part but i was like man there's when you're sitting there really talking about somebody that might be getting divorced or the kid died and if I can't be real and just be there with you and then it I don't think that's good and what now what I do a lot of times I still see some guys hang out with them and uh, you know and if it's like trauma I'll sit there and say hey I'll, I was just thinking about I'll the send, word trauma as soon as you said I'll that, send man. people do certain things yeah I was training on EMDR which I'm, I'm a big believer in that and I have tons of therapists 
that I'll send people to. And, uh, man, and there's so much there. I think, you know, that and I still, I still want to help people. I think that's my goal in life's add value to people and help people, especially men and, uh, to be better dads, better husbands. Cause man, I've screwed up more than anybody. You know, like that that's, book for that's valuable to hear, for people to hear. Like I was joking around the hair yeah. earlier. Yeah. Like it's valuable for somebody with long hair to hear from somebody that has long hair. Oh, yeah. that it's it going to be okay. I was like, yeah, you're going to make it. And, and that's where man, like so much. And, uh, uh, those things that's 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 how they got that masters um in that and but we uh with plexus i know it's funny people like, i get a lot of trash talk to me about plexus i still it's just funny I'm, i was like dude i get to live where i want to live i drive what i want to drive and i work when i want to work and i was like i get to this company dude i'll be honest when jessica started like five and a half years ago I had a, had a gas and oil business it was almost seven years ago i had a gas and oil business had 16 employees doing pretty well and opened the CrossFit, had a huge house, and gas and all that kind of just went downhill. Mm. And our marriage was like shit. I mean, it was sorry, I'm open customer, but it was no, like this is open. No, we're, but it was in good. there. But it was you know what I'm talking about. But it was like me. I mean, I was like self sabotage and everything else is going. You know, I was like I was going to burn it all down and walk away because that was like mo. You know, I didn't take ownership. I didn't sit there because I hadn't had modeled what to do and and. uh had to sell the CrossFit, you know, to pay for other bills and close that down. Had to go work for, had to go back to work after owning your own business, which is the work. I think probably the most humbling thing as a man, you know. Well, entering entering into my career, desired yeah. career, yeah. which I lucked out landing this history job. Like I have great benefits, great pay. It's a dream job. It's literally, but like entering into it, it was weird because like for five years. Nobody tell, nobody degree. tell you what to do. Yeah, and, and like honestly, it, it, it's it's one of those things. Like I went all that time without like dreaming, like having the reoccurring bad dream, like oh I'm late for class or or whatever, because it's just like yeah. it's a new thing of high importance. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And I think you know that part too was I man. It was one of the best things for me too, though, because one of the best things for our marriage because we mo- ended up moving to Ohio for a year, which was horrible. Like we live south of Youngstown, which man steel belt it's like depressing area what did you what did you do in ohio i was working for a company called ecolab uh they ecolab is actually bill gates owns 20 percent of it which is green initiative but they bought two gas and oil companies nalco and champion oh, okay. which is so funny to me i'm like but what i did i cleaned up dirty water to make it clean you know made dirty water clean water pretty much up there and gas and oil stuff and but that was there for two weeks you're up move south on the board number one go move south i didn't care just like south somewhere south because up there just cloudy, overcast, it was vitamin D deficient, oh. and Jessica Judson was like a year old, you know, he's seven now. I mean, he's, he's a, he wasn't a year old; he's a baby. And we were there for a year, man. And I worked every which way to get out of there possible to get back to Arkansas or south, you know, south. And finally, after a year, but it was good for our marriage because we only had each other and didn't have. Tell you, yeah, distractions are gone. Yeah, yeah it was, and that was good and. And uh, sit there and just kind of came back home at Cersei and still worked for them for a while and still had some debt from that business, the gas and oil business, and came back home and I was counseling plus doing gas and oil stuff. You know, man, I was maxed out on time. There was nothing left, but I was like, hey, I need you to make $500, just $500. I don't, don't go back to work because I want you to raise the kid, you know. And she brought home Plexus, and this is my exact words. I was like, hell no. Because we got, you know, it is a gym. I got every supplement company, everybody, you know, oh, it's yeah. like, come to this company. And I'm like, no. Well, and most people that probably talk smack about Plexus are probably doing 
yeah. Herbalife or something yeah. like that. Like, because yeah. again, Core and I, like, we still use some Advocare products. Yeah, yeah. But well, like, Advocare is a great product. Too. We're not like super into the business side of yeah. it. Like, we get checks every month, but it's not like, yeah, you know, it's not been our focus. But like, I remember when it was like what you yeah. were saying, like people like yeah. attack you for it. And oh stuff. yeah, like it was like the weirdest thing. But I was like, I told her, no, don't do this. Because I was like my preconceived, you know, people try to slam me with Amway and Avic, you know, I always try to get to sell stuff because I always love That's people. Too big I mean, like, you'd be like, be like, hey, come eat dinner with me. Then, you know, well, I need to tell you something. <laughs> and I would get so I'm involved with this new <laughs> business. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you just tell me up front, you know? <laughs> Who was it? There was some company that they would never tell you what they were going to talk to you about. It was, uh, was a more recent company a lot of companies are like that they train that way now i mean they train they like, don't tell anybody what you do and i'm like that's like so weird but uh ended up she you know and i got mad about it and i was like hell no don't do this do not do this do not think about doing it our friends do you like, think it was a scheme or what there was two reasons i just you know mlm must not have a good taste with that and my lady cut my hair sold it and she didn't tell the benefits she's just like hey you want to buy it? you know like and drove me nuts yeah, yeah. that's yeah. another thing about these products yeah. in general it yeah. doesn't matter really yeah. what they are is you see people using them and you're like they aren't good ambassadors for the brand oh yeah oh yeah, yeah exactly so then uh and she pretty much she's like when do you think it's real deal i was like if you make 500 bucks you know first month and jessica's introverted just had a ba- you know had a baby you know living you know pretty much i was traveling a lot so she's trying to do all this stuff first month man 500 she makes more than 500 bucks i'm like okay whatever you know it's not gonna last and like and uh that was june you know june july august man and i remember september i was gone 24 days i traveled i was in 12 different states flying driving bro i mean it was like it was rough but brutal but also for those days i was home i counseled all day long so really, I was home 28, 28 days, you know, like pretty much. And that was kind of a deal break. She's like, I want to go after this and really go after it. That way you don't have to do this anymore. And uh, me and the job paid really well, six figures, had a truck, you know, all that stuff. But it was like so, I mean, it was like soul sucking. I'm giving, signing my life to the devil. <laughs> oh, dude, I've, I've worked in the car business. Yeah, like, I've, like, I've, same I've, thing, yeah. Yeah, I've been there, like, but uh, in, if not been there for a long time, but it's. Yeah. Well, uh, well, then she won a trip October to go to their leaders retreat. And I was like, I don't want to go. I'll travel. You know, I was like, I'll stay home with Judson and me and him will kick it. And you go have fun. You know, and she's like, no, you have to go. And I'm like, no. You know, I mean, I fought her on it. And finally, I was like, okay. We flew to Orlando. Of course, she's she's like Penny Pincher, Dave Ramsey Jr. Gets like the 4 a.m. flight, it seemed like. And I'm like, are you kidding? You know. Cora does that. <laughs> it drives me nuts, man. You know, she's getting up, cracking down at the airport. And we get there. And, and we get to the Gaylord. And man, I mean, I never been in the parking lot of Gaylord, much less, you know, staying in one. And I'm like, who's paying for this? Because I'm mean, we're living on a budget, you know. Because we have at the time we had a really big house we were paying for, and another house, you know, we had renters in. But you know, I was trying to do financially. And she's like, they are. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, because <laughs> the room's like three hundred dollars a night. <laughs> and uh, we get there, nice room. And man, I go to the first thing, and it was like really good. You know, I was like. Actually, I had good speakers, but in my mind, I think I was thinking Motel Six. I was thinking worn out speakers, you know, has beens, and a bunch of raw, raw, you know. But they had really good speakers. I'm like, man, this is not too bad, you know. Had good food, good party, and Gaylord was nice. Had a TV. It was like 40 feet by 40 feet. You could watch sports bar, you know. It was like, and uh, so then we went to this poolside thing. Only like the top hundred people, and Jessica won it. You had the names, you know. 
and I'm like, I was like, we don't belong here, kind of, do, you know, in my mind, I was like, I'm like, my name said thanks a guest, you know, <laughs> so I was her guest, so I got to go to it, and some of these people I'd seen, because she'd watch the videos, like they have diamond documentaries, so I seen, I knew who they were, because she'd watch them in bed at night to build belief, so I was like, I knew who, you know, that person was, and and it's kind of what, you know, it's watching, then uh, she uh, she won like a, she'd made like a two thousand dollar check and got a big check and and that weekend they had like a costume party and they'd have the best DJ and it was out I mean like in the middle of Gaylord outside party and I was like I feel like I was nineteen again you know I dressed up as uh, Richard Simmons and she dressed up as Jane Fonda so I had like the shortest shorts my nuts are about hanging out and Jessica's like you know we're being stupid dancing because nobody knew us too which was so yeah. fun then you know? yeah and uh, but I was like. Yeah, I was like, they threw a good party. I was like, this is not a bad company, you know, it must be. And uh, Do you feel like you had like a scarcity mindset at that uh, time? I had like, I didn't believe, I didn't really, I didn't believe, you know, I was like, this could be possible. I couldn't believe a $35 investment, people were actually making $100,000 a year, you know, or even 1000 But she was making, the time making probably about $1,000, $2,000 a month. The next month, she won another trip. And she's like, you're going. I was like, no. Arguing again. I was like, I don't. I was like, I want to stay at home. Not this again. Yeah. You know. But the next trip was to the corporate office. Only two people won it, and they got to take out of every month. And they picked us up car service, like Escalade. We go to this resort in Scottsdale. That man, it was like way, you know, out of my pay grade. It was a spa. I mean, a resort and spa, like huge, nice. You walk in, you know, your name's on the TV. Welcome, Robin, Jessica, Heffley, and. They had a bathtub that we could both get in, freestanding tub. You know, like you were both. She's six foot tall. You know, and I'm like, you know, just a, I'm like, this is really nice. And um, the next day we went and looked at the corporate office, which the brick and mortar helped me see that. I got to see this is a real building. These are real people actually working here. You know, and they're actually good people. Like, and the guys that gave us a tour, I'm still friends with. Like, they took us around. And we went to you know an awesome restaurant, and I asked them quite. I mean, I drilled them. I'm like, I'm sitting there like interrogating them. Like, who's this person are they good you know do you like working here i'm asking the customer service people that and and uh that night we ate dinner with the ceo and he uh he sit there and same thing he answered i'll ask him what he's reading i was like who's your mentor <laughs> you know i was sitting there drilling he was like who's this idiot you know yeah that well that is uh that is fascinating and to, so, yeah. to know how they he got there yeah and yeah because he means like two years older than me and so just uh went through that man it, it like built my boat you know i was like this is legit do you think just being uh attached to those people in that business specifically boosted your confidence in other areas because you're involved in more than just plexus oh, yeah. i well, mean i mean i've always believed in myself um the, when the gas and oil thing that first that business went down because i mean i had like i said i had 16 employees i lost some of that you know that spark that i can do anything that i'm you know you're talking about I was like hey I'm I'm gonna sit back and lick my wounds for a while and and uh, that you know started to believe you know that part right there and I really believed that kind of like hey we can do this I was like we can sit there and make a run at this and uh, that was November December January just get like six figure you know like the six figure mark and she hit the top thing in April like 11 months like the top very top and uh like the last four years, we made like seven figures, which blows my mind. And uh, you know, from a supplement company, but from a from a uh, yeah, a redneck, a redneck yeah, from, from Newton Dover. County, man. Yeah, living direct from Dover, Arkansas, and yeah. Uh, but you know, was it's funny. It 
what's even bigger about the money and you know, like the mindset a lot of that man they put us around a lot of really good people hearing a lot of good people going to places i would never got to travel i'm in hawaii like five times now and meeting some people because getting both of us speak a lot for their stuff you know so we haven't got to train you know some like this last year jessica there's one guy he had a show on spike tv he's like a dead guy you know he sit there while i speaking one time with one thing we're friends with them now you know people that opens up new circles and uh that you don't think hey this is and something special about uh, another friend and i have been talking about this but about being the dumbest guy in the room or just being around really great minds that's oh, a, the benefit of the podcast. I get to talk to so many people. That's why that, I love them, dude. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> that was there to talk about that. You know, people, cause you get to, you get to know stuff about them. But what happened was, you know, those in the personal development, because I already love to read, love the stuff. But the one thing I can tell you, though, like the first year we started, you know, we moved up here, paid a like, ton of debt off, and bought, you know, kind of our house we wanted to live in, was I got bored. And uh, it was like, this is not good for our marriage, not good for anything, you know, and and ended up buying another company. Um, my brother and my sister and my nephew, another guy worked for us, and we've had it for three years now, and it's doing well. What it, What is that? Uh, what do you do with that? It's a it's provision storage solutions. To, it's a, we lease trailers like Tyson, ConAgra. That's like, like right storage. off the interstate. Yeah. Go to Pottsville area, yeah, right? Yeah, like fleet, right fleet, out, yeah, because yeah, I see your out. SUV, or yeah. your, uh, not your SUV, your uh, bus. RV, I got RV for RV. sale. I'll give anybody a really, really good deal. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. That's my wife like, won't get off my balls about it. She's like, get rid of it. But I would keep it, but she's like, no, you bought a cabin, so you got to get rid of it. Oh, yeah. I would trade that for a cabin, right? Yeah. yeah. Where's exactly. your cabin? Is that by? You know where uh, Cliff House ends at? Mm. Highway 7 you go Yes, up, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Two miles south of there. We got like a cabin of 59 acres. I'll take you up there sometime. It's it's a cool getaway. There's a pond out in front of it on the porch. And nice. Just, just chill and sit and hang out. But, uh, man, like that, you know, that's the other business. We did that. And um, we own a small portion of CrossFit 479. Um, it's kind of one of those things that Matt Lutz, the first owner, I, I love him. He's like a little brother. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see it go away. Or, is he still involved with that? Or uh, he, he comes and works out some. He's firefighting now. I'm proud of him. He got you know he's doing that full time. And here uh, in Russellville, yeah, or? yeah, he's nice. in Russellville. And uh, his wife, she's a nurse and she works Portsmouth, so they have crazy schedules trying to. I haven't seen him as much. And uh, the other, the owners I partnered with, uh, Bo and Sarah Jane Stallings, they're the ones that run. I just I shouldn't say partner. I'm just like a. I'm one of their friends that helps them out a little bit when they need help, and uh, I'm working. We on have some a few stuff. members at Cross Train over there. Yeah, too. that's what I talked. You know, I talked to Core about even setting something up, and I was like, probably need to talk about that again sometime. About uh, we're we're down to network in yeah, any way yeah. because uh, I mean that's just that's what too. I always say I was like, there's like there's enough. There's it could be more gyms. You could open a new gym in Russellville right now and not even take a member from anybody. And well, and we're new. trying to kind of stay out of the uh, boot camp business. Yeah. Like we did boot camps for a long time, man, and it's like. We integrate so much cross training into the fitness kickboxing, and that's still like an extension of what we do. Yeah. But and even adding the yoga, and we're gonna have like a Zumba class. Colby's sister's gonna dude, teach a Zumba class. I love the yoga class, dude. I would dude, go. We're gonna have even more. So and um, I look like the I look like the most uncoordinated. Like look like a look like a new calf out there. Like trying. <laughs> it's it's challenging, is it not? I mean, I I've only I haven't done a ton of classes, like less than twenty, mm-hmm. but. <clears throat> It is uh, it is challenging to and Jessica's so good too. I mean, she <laughs> she makes it look easy, and you're like, what? She really is. I'm I'm looking forward to see um, 
Dr. Claire, Aaron Claire, she's hmm. going to be involved uh, when we get the new That's cool. gym up and running. The area that the yoga room is going to be in, it's it's big, but we're going to make it just a little bigger. Is a wall that's just like trashed. We got to rebuild anyway. Uh, and but we're just like we're just going to pop it out and make it bigger. So, and now I'm working on a couple other things. Uh, you know Heath Graham. Ah. <sighs> uh, He's one of the coolest people in Russellville, man. I feel like I do, man. How old is he? He's two years older than me. He, uh, I feel like, okay, owns, maybe I don't. He owns South Face Media. Um, he, uh, he has a hunting show called Strutting Bucks. Okay, Motley knows him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know him. I, I knew I knew his uh, his name. Yeah, Motley and, has been maybe on his show or something. Yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm sure he probably has. And then, uh, but he does that, and he produces a show. It's on Discovery Channel called The Given Right. It's a... Uh, another hunting show and then he i mean he just does marketing for nikon and um just very self-taught man he's one of my best friends we work on some stuff outdoor stuff right now and he's got like a, we're like both like a million ideas like like we need to punch them down <laughs> and do one or two but we looked at buying a company not too long ago out and trying to bring in it's not really working out but we're testing some products out maybe selling an outdoor world and that then uh also my dad you know chicken he sells chicken litter which i know like chicken farmers out there but he sells about 300 tons a week wow is it all over southern missouri arkansas but i've been working on when i was in ohio i started working on this because i was trying to find a way to get out of pelletizing it and uh-huh. bagging it and reselling it like say hey you got you know yeah. you got your two hemp plants at home you want some really good fertilizer you can here's your small bag of sit there if you want to put some in your food plot for your deer if you want to sit there if you have like a big farm you want to put you know super sack got a ton of it you can put it out when you want to where it's little small pellets so i've been working on that forever but i think i finally got the right machine you know set up where it's not crazy high yeah what a good idea yeah ideas man i'm an idealist myself um (laughs) and it's burned me many times but uh it too it's like i think one of the reasons i do the stuff i do is just like i always I always have ideas like I'm the ideas guy and Cora is like she is execution yeah and I execute too but she's and it's interesting with that relationship we have if like she is not behind the idea it is not gonna go well, I mean same thing with Jessica I mean I feel like I mean I always talk about you know it's like some Christian but you, you're one <laughs> if you're not together you're dragging one of the other you know it's like dead weight constantly because they're not pull you know it's like you know the whole thing about one horse can pull i don't know how many pounds second horse i think it's five or six times as much when you put two together and this is the, that's the part of it they're the ones that when you're down instead of like but they're not along with us like i told you this shouldn't have done it <laughs> and me and jessica the same way we fought and because i have like 100 ideas a day and i start trying to do way too you know i'll have them sit there she's like what are you doing and uh i'm like what are you, what are you talking about <laughs> exactly i was like she's like why are you going to the bank you're trying you know i sit there those things i was like well you know i gotta talk the idea about but what i've done so much better now 10 years of marriage is like i keep her informed along the way and i'm like here's the capital investment here's the time investment and really now it's a big thing about time more than money because like how much time is going to take away from the family that yeah that's <clears throat> that becomes such a important factor and like honestly talking to people like you or like uh, Shane Butler or just other people it's like I've seen so many people that are successful like uh, Joe Rogan was just talking about on the Kevin Smith podcast the other day which was really good it wasn't as good as the last one I cried like three times when they came on talking about their dogs dying but he's just like oh, I just tell people no 
to all this stuff because I would be overextended if I didn't. Yeah. You well, you were, you're saying no to something. You're saying yes to something else. Yeah, that's and, a great. That's a. You said that earlier. That's yeah, a good. And that's, I mean, like a lot of times we. And I get asked all the weird, I mean, the weird stuff, you know, like this. And some sometimes are good ideas, man. You know, sometimes there's stuff I want to do. And sometimes even good business, you know, like, hey, there's a lot of money you can be make there. But I'm like, now I was like, does it go along with my values? You know, does it go along with how much time is it going to take? How much money is it going to take? Is it something I really want to do? Is it something I'm getting excited about? Because one thing I've been trying so hard, uh, like, like Ryan Stevens, he's my best friend. I'm like, we've not even known each other way, but we like, how long, how do you two dudes meet? How long do you know each other? Um, there's this, uh, men's thing, while the heart thing, you know, talked about, like there's one man alive expedition happens in Moulton. We did like twice a year. Mm. And he came to that. I've been, I've been like probably 10 times. Cause I really, it takes that much for me to understand something. But I mean, I enjoy it now. Cause like you have like the roughest guys come in the ones that you're like, people tricked them to get them there. And, and it's like the, it's based on we use the movies and different things, which I like that you know tell the story. And he was there, and I'm like, dude, you know, I could tell he's different. And we were sitting at the table and talking and having fun, you know. I was, and I was like, you're a jarhead, and crayon, you know, you know. I was like, Marines eat crayons, just talking trash to him. And he really didn't even know him, you know. <laughs> Stone Cold Killer over there, like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I saw him <laughs> shoot that card in half the other day at the range, and I was like, bro, that's impressive. Uh, he oh, he does stuff like that. He's freakish. I mean. Upside down, left-handed. I haven't got to roll with him. Uh, I mean, he got his brown belt at Forza. Uh, yeah. we, he came to rank review there. Mm-hmm. and uh, But I, I saw him working the whole night, and, like, the dude's fluid. Like, I, I wonder what he rolls like. Yeah. I'm sure he's good. He's he's he's, he's nasty. I mean. He looks stout, he's too. A, he looks I mean, strong. I would shoot him. Yeah. Like, well, he's, he's better. I would shoot his cards in half. I'm uh, screwed, man. No. I got to roll with the dude. But he, I mean, he really, um, he's got a story. I want to tell the story. Um he was training. He's he was he's a marine, and he was training with the guy. They were they were fighting, and this guy had beaten him for like two years, and he finally beat him. You know, finally right submitted him, and Ryan was talking trash to him. He was like, you know, early twenties, that that bravado and Marine Corps. You know, just that whole you, you can imagine. I can imagine it. And the guy looked at him. He's like, "I'll stab you in the parking lot." And Ryan stepped back for a second. He's like, "What?" He's like, "I'll stab you in the parking lot." And Ryan's like, you know, he goes, that was a thing. He goes, and the guy's like, listen, he was like, I think it was, it was one of his above him. Like it was his sergeant. He was probably like corporal or something or private. And he uh, said, I uh, realized, you know, the spec- he's like, listen, this is one spectrum of violence. He goes, until you know how to do them all, shoot, long gun, you know, carbine, pistol, knife. <laughs> you know, he goes, you yeah. better learn them all if you want. And he sit there and he's like, but I think that was part of him. He trained him and he, he trains on all that stuff. I mean, there's all these things that he, um, and like he, he's really, he's a good teacher because he doesn't, you know, he knows the percentage to go at. And well, you got to be a student of the game like yeah. that too, man. Like, uh, that's, uh, Caleb and during were just in town this whole week doing, with me, Millen doing a shooting school where they're doing like long gun and different, I mean, they're slinging serious brass all day, like 600 rounds one day, 450. Uh, but it, um, <clears throat> And then they were doing like full spectrum. They didn't do any. They may have done some knife work. I don't remember. It's all law enforcement training that they're doing. But was it this weekend? Uh, it was this whole week. Okay, it's so like last week. Ryan had a guy, Daniel Shaw, and another guy that was. I've never. They were crazy. I was watching them. They had pistols and rifles on the range. Yeah. And he would sit there and make them have misfires. He had a stick. He would sit there and poke <laughs> and sit there and had like two. You know. And it was like going through magazines oh, yeah. after magazine. You know. And it was like it was wearing me out watching them and uh sitting there see how they react 
and it was it was like a drill. I mean, it went on for minutes. And yeah, you know, I, I've never done this, but I want to. We're, McMillan's got a, get, a nice place to go shoot out uh, um, between Dover and Hector, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just to like do something like, hey, hit those top hats for two minutes, then run over to that post, pick up your gun and shoot. That's what I have to see you in my diamond documentary, Plexus. That's what I did in mine. I took the Ron's range. Oh, nice. Five yeah. friends and was like, depresses, hit, punch, run pick up your long rifle shoot twice run back shoot twice run up shoot twice in your heart i mean it's a different game and that's the, what i've heard like i've never i said i've it, never done it it's but like breathing um, man it's like yeah everybody's like yeah you, you you're good at shooting like hit those top ads and then shoot like during saying that this the other day i mean he's he's shot a lot and hits top hat all i mean he's trained martial arts like his whole life so it's like if that dude's saying that man no, but like, so like, you know, like me and Ryan said back to the whole story. One of my best friends met him at this men's retreat, which, you know, we got to be friends after that. And he was, before he opened the range or anything, and just started talking a lot in common. And, uh, but he's one of those guys, you know, having a real friend you can be honest with and saying, hey, do you just need to pray for me and having a good day today? Check on, make sure my wife's still alive tomorrow. You know, make sure I'm still doing, you know, just that's, those. That's vital, man. This is like the sounding board of like, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a friend like that. I've mentioned him several times on this podcast, Colby, and it's just like, luckily, I have a friend like that. That's like, that does text me. Is like, hey, just have a good day today, dude. Like, yeah. you, you need that's vital. Oh, it's me. It changed my life. That's one thing about that mental life thing was like, I was like, there's other dudes struggling. They're not the best, you know. Want to be better, but and they're quit posing and saying I've got it together. And that's where like me and him, he's, we talk about is like you can bleed on me if you need to, and. And I was like having those friends like that. It's you can be real, and still be like there's like, hey, I need this or that, whatever you know. But also you know each other. It's not accountability, but it's like relationship that I can hear it in your voice. Hey, what's up? Something ain't right, you know. Or I haven't heard from you in a couple of days. Or you know what's going on? And it's like a real relationship. It's a real friendship. It's reciprocal. It's not transactional. That you care about each other and you want the best for each other. And that's what you know. It's funny we talk about the things we did, like you know the go ruck, and we did. Um, we we did Murph this year today. I think both of us were both injured, Ooh. and I was I was like, it was the worst thing. I was like, this dumbest thing we could both. I think he was worse off than I was. I think. And yeah, uh, for one of our assistant coaches, I think, probably did the um, Murph with you guys. Maybe if you did, you did it four seven nine. Yeah, uh, you know Brent. Yeah. Brent Rhodes. Yeah, he was. It was it was horrible. But I was like that. You know, this trauma bonds you suffer together, but at the same time, those friendships, man, are are so valuable into that but i've been trying to him and i was even as i was looking at some more of your stuff trying to get him to do a subscription service i was like man hand-to-hand stuff you know how to do i was like you know executive service i was like shooting i was like you could sit there and i was like you've got two years of workouts you've done on sheepdog skills that i was like you train people all over the country he's still fly he's in denver right now training people in firearms i'm like you need to capitalize on this while you can yeah and so i've been working on a little bit of stuff with him about that trying to nudge him that way and uh see how it goes because like you don't want to work for the government the rest of your life yeah for real i mean <clears throat> that's uh even with like what i'm doing with uh like my job as a historian it's like over time i'm probably gonna go back and get my phd just so i can get a tenure track job have less office hours and <laughs> and do some things like that and that's something i want to do too you ever thought about writing a book like i've just thought that a couple of times sitting here talking to you you should uh, probably I mean, I do chapters, that i got chapters uh 
titled. Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> that's, that's what, you know, like I, it's one of those things too. I'm about to write an article for a friend to ask me to write an article about social capital. Cause I was talking about it, you know, a couple of things. He's like, you should write an article. I was like, okay. But like writing to me is like getting naked. It's easy for me to run across Pleasant View Road naked than writing. So I feel like it's bearing your soul that a part of it. But at the same time, I was like, man, if you have a story, I don't think, I think you should share it. And that's like the funny, I've got these titles of chapters and some of them I probably won't be able to use, but you know, um, just uh, about how, you know, it's life. Cause there's so many things, man. I think sharing those ups and downs, cause people, a lot of times they'll see like now I get judged. Like they'll see like, they'll see like it's like the second act is like hey I was like you didn't see all the failures you didn't see that hey I, I probably should be divorced not have kids you know and living in a van down by the river and uh, or be in prison or dead you know several times over and uh, that's the part too I think a lot of times I, that's why I don't judge people hardly ever because I was like hey you probably don't know their story or know what they've been through yeah, Even everybody's fighting through. some something oh yeah you yeah. know and it, <clears throat> that I, I have had gotten more empathetic about stuff like that just from my own experiences and just since being an adult, yeah. honestly. So like, you have kids, you're like, man, I used to judge people with kids all the time. I'm oh, like, I know, I, like, I know. In my now, I'm like, gosh, I'm like the I worst get, Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that I will have some revelations <laughs> uh, because, I mean, I have several, several friends with kids and like there's sometimes that like I don't get it. I'm like, yeah, no, but like, let's go hang out and they're like yeah, no I can't or whatever it is and it's like it, it, my empathy there I'm sure we'll, we'll go it's through like, the, you know through me and Jessica we've done with that to be fair we both have like our Sabbath day like she gets I get Monday she gets Wednesday and if I want to lay in bed and not do anything she's got the kids she's got to take care of everything or if I want to go to work out I get up early but we have both have our own free day where it's like hey this is your free day and sometimes it's just six hours some days we have to we have to change up but it happens is it gives like hey it's fair <laughs> we both get well and you need uh, you need that mental yeah. R&R that time where I, I'm the same way and like that's like I usually get up extra early in the morning so I have some some solitude where that's when I want to practice mindfulness or whatever whatever I'm doing where it's like I got a couple hours where it's just me and Mr. Pupperman, I said, you know, hanging out. I don't have really to answer to anybody or do anything. I'm just existing and thinking about my day. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's good. I mean, I think just, uh, I was like, what gives you life? And sometimes I'm like, a massage, you know, get a good massage or something like that. Where, But also like having lunch with somebody that's life-giving that, you know, you can laugh with, joke with, you know, that part where, and like I said, too, I think being alone, huge deal. And it was took me forever to be alone just because I, I was like, I didn't like, like that part of my life, you know, sit there. But I think the more you accept yourself, the more you love yourself, you know, you're not sitting there or whatever head trashes, you know, okay, that's not true. Well, it's so, well, it's so easy to beat yourself up over stuff that's not even going on right now, you know, yeah. past regrets, whatever it is that yeah. you're just still living in that mindset. What's well, that? You know, when you start <clears> to live in the present too, I think it's a huge deal. Because you can sit there and create scenarios about tomorrow, next week, next year, thinking about the worst. Yeah, not even past thinking. Just like, oh, my, yeah, you know, that's probably one of the only things that has ever caused me anxiety is thinking about what's to come. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the past is unfortunate, but I can get over it. So can everybody else. But you get to looking at the future. It's the, what am I going to do? The answer, it's so easy to get the dwells. Oh, yeah. that's where though, man. I think too. Just the more you can be present. 
I mean, in relationships, even like here, you know, and sit there. That's what I love about podcasts too. I think it's some true interviews where people are present, you know, because they don't have their phones. They don't have, you know, the stuff they're going, you have a more present, you know, sit there and get to talk to people a little bit different. You see that too with people that are famous. Sometimes I think that's the only time you hear like a real side of them and they'll do stuff and reveal who they really are a lot of times. Um, I don't know if you listened to that uh, Edward Norton Jr. there day with Joe Rogan. Oh, yes. And it was so good. But it was, you know, the humility, too, you know, about who he's like, you know, the thing about American History X liberating him to be able to do other stuff and not be original in his therapy. But it's like, my brother makes fun of me because he can beat me up and <laughs> waste me, you know. Yeah. But him being honest and not being like, oh, I got this or whatever. And uh, just, you know, seeing a real side of somebody that's completely not posing or not trying to act like they have it together, even though he's done some great movies and still mean I want to see a new movie that they were talking about yeah. with Baldwin and <clears throat> sounds fantastic but that man that's that one of those things but I still have like you know what about you writing you said you want to write you want to get a PhD but you're going to have to write a dissertation you might as well make, write, make a book out of it yeah well and I, I wrote um, I wrote a three cha- uh, three chapter thesis for my master's degree I could go in that direction I got some other ideas like it's kind of figuring out like I'm in a I'm in a phase right now where I'm trying to figure out like what what I want to do like it, it would be something very rewarding it would be like a lifelong goal if I'm going to do it whether I'm going to do it sometime in the next five years or if I'm going to wait till 10 out you know kind of get into that next phase a little bit and do it when i'm 40 is is up in the air i don't know phd what would you get it in like education or um okay so well now probably so there's a degree at asu in like cultural studies Mm. it's like a it's actually a doctorate of philosophy in cultural studies so it would i have a big background in philosophy so it would open that up a little bit more. And uh, like, for example, a guy just graduated from there uh, and he wrote an 800 page dissertation on the band Drive By Truckers. Uh-uh. Yes. So, uh, you know, like, honestly, I could. You said 800 page? Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. How Imagine did, how, how much the dude loves the truckers. How did you really... get 800 pages out of that? Well, I mean, think about like, uh, okay, so Panic, I could easily do 800 pages but on there, Panic. I mean, I feel like the way more material there probably. Yeah. Uh, you see, what I what I kind of want to do is, a, is uh, a project on like, uh, see, the truckers, Panic bought their t- first tour van. Yeah. And the the front man, Patterson Hood's dad, was in the bass session player for Muscle Shoals Sound, where Leonard Skinner and the Allman Brothers and Panic and all these people recorded. And they're all connected. All these all these bands and several of them we've talked about. So, yeah. so it's like you could on, honestly do, um, it, it's kind of, and they're all non-stereotypical Southern bands. They're not, uh, they're sort of these Southern rock bands who are, all about equality and human rights and it's it's kind of the i think it's the result of the counterculture movement yeah right it's like this is what we ended up with is these types of bands in the in the south so like panic is from uh georgia uh drive-by truckers are from alabama i believe but it's like there's several bands like them vic chestnut todd snyder 
that they're all connected. They've all played Colonel Bruce Hampton. They've all played with each other. Like Bruce Hampton was the mentor for like most of the people I just mentioned. And there's a big thesis there where, and it's like they're, they're <clears throat> bands that are singing about and writing content about loving each other instead of mm-hmm. whatever, you know, it's, <clears throat> so that's something I might, I've, that's what I put the most thought into because I've already done the martial arts, but I may not do any of that and just write a couple books. I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so much there too. That's what, I think the dissertation part of PhD scares me more than anything. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, yeah, you got your master's, so you could just as easily yeah. go do something like that. Because I have, I have one, I have one class, and I would have an education specialist in EDS, I think, in counseling. But I was like, I don't really care. But I might, might get it someday, just to say I have another piece of paper. That you know, I had our counselor on the podcast this the other day. Cody Davis is his name, and man he is such a great role on campus for us to have like he's counselor but he's also a psych adjunct so he teaches a couple psychology classes and he does all of this career planning with students i mean it's just such a like he's a resource big time that's what you know one of the biggest i mean i talk to people probably who come talk to me about business stuff and talk to about you know what are they doing they don't like what they're doing and you know, I mean, that's probably, I mean, that comment, especially with men, more than I would, you know, they're just like, I'm like, well, do something else. <laughs> I'm like, get a side hustle, pay your, I was like, big thing I would always tell people is like, pay your debts off. I was like, when you don't owe any money, you can pick up, move to Alaska if you want to. You know, I was like, if you owe $100,000 to Fannie Mae and, you know, whoever else, then I was like, you can't really do that stuff until, you know, sit there, you're a slave to the debtor. And, uh, but I was like, I was like, you, have a, you can have a job, make money, and have something recreationally, and it gets that, scratches that itch, but you have so many people that go to college, and they're like, I'm going to do this because it makes money. I tell people about, like, uh, I've just been joking about it a lot because I've just kind of got some context on all this because I'm just 32. But I remember when I was 19, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a radiology technician, guys, 36K a year. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go only go to school for two years, too. Okay, that's important because you see the money that I'm going to make, and it's half the time. Yeah. What was I thinking? Like, and too, like, right, like, I suck at science. Like, <laughs> math and science is not my bag. I became a historian. You're like pushing I'm, a button, though. Like, like hey, it's like, make sure you're jack. You're not pregnant, are you? Yeah, it's. <laughs> so you're not. You go to school for two years for that. You think about well, and too, like, I didn't, I didn't even think about, like, what it would be like performing the task of the job it was like it was a number and, a st- and it was just like my idea of it of, of getting a career after high school it was not i wasn't prepared okay if you could go back 18 again what would you do i mean would you right now ah oh, man i wouldn't have dropped out of college I, 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 it's not that I regret doing I dropped out of college like three times though. I didn't go back till I was 23. So from like 19 to 23, I was kind of, I was kind of a loser. That's the best 10 years of my life too. I know. I know how that is. Yeah. Well, it was a good time. It was a fun time. I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, okay. But it, once I just like dedicated my life in a direction from 23 to, I think I graduated when I was with my master's when I was 28 from then to then. And from then to now, what if I what if I would have gotten in that direction at 19 mm. I was capable 
I just did not know or have the confidence. Like if I, I really wished I would have had more people around me. And I was just thinking this today. We were talking about creating stuff. I wish I had more people around me now that encouraged me to create more stuff. Yeah, I think I think that's a huge deal. You know, so with Judson, I try to, you know. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, I was thinking about that. And I try to put environments where they're around stuff, other kids. And even yesterday I was talking to – a guy, his kid, I could tell he's creative. And I was asking about Scratch. You know, he's coding with Scratch and looking for how to Judson to be able to do that because he likes, you know, something better than the iPad than watch YouTube videos about putting toys together. But, you know, sit there, have something, you know, how can I put more opportunities in that? Because, you know, we travel a ton with them and letting them see stuff that they wouldn't, and they don't, they don't know how. Exposure. Time. Man, they've been exposed. I mean, they've, we're going to Costa Rica for Thanksgiving. And I was like, dude, I'm going to go. Yeah, you said that because I was trying to get you on a podcast date, and I was just like, man, this guy's this guy's making time to come on the podcast in light of going to Costa Rica and other things we're talking about. But I, I do appreciate you making the time, man. No, no, it's but I was like, you know, we took them to Hawaii, and like when Hawaii was like, went on the mountains and went to like lavender farms and actually went milk some goats at the biggest like goat farm in Hawaii, which is funny. And you know, doing stuff like that outside, we stayed uh, we stayed at this Airbnb a couple of days after we get out of the resort just trying to expose them to other people and other things and let them see that's the, because like you know like being here man there's not a lot you see but uh i think it's not having like i wish i would have done it differently but i want them to have like hey i don't have to go to arkansas tech if i don't want to if i want to go out and travel for a year if i want to go to another country for a year if i want you know to be able to do that and have some uh if yeah, i want to go to be that's, encur- that's encouraging <laughs> that you can yeah that you've said you said several things like that i was like man i remember when you were talking about just having conversations with your kids about your shortcomings or whatever like <clears throat> my dad a while back like apologized to me about something that happened when i was a kid and i was like you got any more of those apologies <laughs> I was like, that was great you selected that one i really appreciate it life's better now for me but you got any more of those? Yeah, but I mean, you know, like my parents too, man. Like I said, my mom, before my parents got divorced, you know, there's, there's always these little like things you look back and it, it changed your life. I mean, it like pivoted it. My parents bought me a set of world book encyclopedias. I don't think my dad probably never paid for them, but I had a set of them. And like seven years old. And dude, I would read them, you know, go through and just curiosity. And I've always said, I mean, that's Google's like my world book and you know i'll get the rabbit holes and then i have like five books on amazon and and Same. you know sit there go through that stuff but i was like now as like, information is available you can do anything and we don't life. i feel like we haven't even really fully realized how how like i stopped asking people for questions I'm like, why would I bother Rob with that when I can Google it? Oh, yeah. Like, I, and, and I only arrived at that because I got frustrated with people asking me questions that they could have Googled. Is like, I'm like, did you Google this? Because I'm just about to Google it for you. Yeah, that's what, you know, know, it's so funny you say that. Heath Graham, man, a lot of times I'll sit there and ask him, he's like, did you not try to Google it first? And I was like, well, I knew you'd tell me. I didn't want to ask, look at the 10 resources there. I knew you'd tell me the best way. He's like, shut up. But I was like, you know, that part too, Google, you can know how to do anything. I mean, anything you want to do. And I was like, you know, I think before 1,800 people, if you read, if you're exposed to 50 books, I think that was a huge deal. Oh, I, was thinking, I was thinking about that a while back. So I was teaching about like our first batch of American authors that really started like uh, James Fenimore Cooper and stuff like our first real American culture post-revolution that was like, we've had people born here in America that 
they were born after the revolution. They're, yeah. they're Americans. And, and then they grew up, and when they were 32, they wrote a book. And here it is. That's, yeah, I mean, like, there's there's so, so much there, too. Like, and one thing I'm really big into, and I've kind of, this is kind of shifting. I don't even know how to deal with this sometimes. Like I said, you know, there's part of me that wants to go out, you know, and live in a cabin, live very simply, almost like the village, <laughs> you know, live in a place very protective. There's no overhead yeah, traffic. Yeah, yeah no make sure you know, can't fly over. But, you know, that part of it is, uh, I, I think about, you know, some simplest, you know, stuff I would, growing up and like I want to get a greenhouse and grow some stuff and and even like I grew our own food plot this year and I killed a deer I seen like the circle of life and so Jessica's like that's not funny I was like yeah it ate something I planted that I put down and, and I shot it and ate it you know and uh but I was like that was kind of cool to something I actually it wasn't just me just going out and shooting a deer it was like you know something I had is a, a full circle there but I was like I want to plant some other stuff and get a small greenhouse you know back our house and have our kids be a part of that and let them see and let them know you know, hey, your food comes from different places. And even like later on, I was letting them watch me gut that deer and seeing all that. I wanted, I was like, hey, your food doesn't just always come from a plastic wrapper, you know, from Walmart. Yeah. And uh, I want to, man, I want to do so much more. And we're, we're going to, like, I'm chickens and like, we're, we're going to, we're about to redo, like, uh, we just put the fence in, um, like, this week. So that's a, several other little projects with uh we're doing landscaping flower uh herbal garden beds and some other things so that's what you know we're in hawaii we stayed at this house man they had it was like a small little it was like just for herbs like small stuff Mm -hmm. it was one of the coolest things they had to make you know like i was like how smart is that you know you can sit there and go pick up you're about to cook something sometime you know well man i've been seeing these gardens that um oh a few things so like greenhouses yeah but people building a greenhouse around their house uh, and, and growing everything between the outside of the greenhouse and the walls of their house. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like an add-on kind of like. Yeah, and then um, I saw this on like a Arkansas news show uh, on YouTube, but it was like some sort of sealed-in garden that you can grow year-round. But it's not, it's kind of like a greenhouse in, a, in theory, but it's a, They've got a water system and a filtration system. And you, you've ever been to Disney Disney World? No, but Cora's going for the second time in one year, and I just want to buy guitars, man. I've been twice, and that was enough. You know, it's Plexus trips both of them. I got to take our kids with it, but I think it's one of I don't remember which park it is, but they have a thing you can go through. They grow a lot of their own food there. Wow. hydroponic i mean like there's some pot growers that like i know are just like sitting there this is the greatest this is a place great setup <laughs> you know it was set i mean it was really it was it was like i was like they grow so much stuff here i was like this is it was like a ride you go through yeah. and kind of and i was like my favorite part of the whole week at disney world i was like this is pretty cool you know seeing people doing something and completely taking something you know you wouldn't think disney world had to be growing growing their own food and, and it was just a different different thing I bet you've seen, um, just in your travels, a lot of states with legal cannabis. What are your thoughts on our current situation? Because there's just so few, like we've had the, we've had medicinal for so long, but man, it just seems like the red tape on allowing these people to open it, because is there even half a dozen dispensaries open in the state? Here's what, I'm going to be completely honest, you know, some of my friends here that listen to this think, uh, because I'm definitely, like I said, I'm a Christian, but I am pro-cannabis all the way. And uh, I don't actually own, you know, Charlotte's Web. You ever heard of it? Uh, I mean, just the you classic need, cartoon. You need to, you need to Google, Google Charlotte's Web. Is, uh, it was the first cannabis they used for the little girl that had seizures. In the okay, yes. Like, okay, I, I do know about that. My <laughs> my best friend in Plexus, 
that is his family. Oh, wow. And we got to buy in pre-IPO. It's actually publicly traded in Canada. Great. And right now, if you want to buy the good stock chip, it's down right now because they're still growing, but, you know, they're not – it'll go back up. But they I, actually I, have farms in all through Colorado, hemp and cannabis. But they have – they made the cannabis a really low THC just for that. They have a, they have a strain. It's actually, I think it's the first strain to actually have a patent. And okay. because it's made where, you know, kids can take it. But her seizure stop. There's actually on, I think, a CBD magazine this month. It uh, shows a picture of Charlotte, the little girl, which is kind of cool, you know. It, so. That's that that and the Parkinson's. I've seen yeah. people with Parkinson's treated, and it's like we got to get past the stereo, the stoner stereotype and some other things where it's like I, I didn't even know for the longest time and was pro-cannabis that it even had medicinal value. I thought that was like something that people were just like, it's like politicians <laughs> like getting high and, and this is what they're, they're packaging it as. I didn't inhale. But, you know, here's what, here's what I really believe. You know, like I think, now I always tell people this. I was like, have you ever, I mean, 20, 30 years ago, even have you ever seen a pothead have a domestic, domestic dispute, domestic violence? No, I mean it's it's always never, alcohol. Yeah, honestly. yeah. I, you know, I've never, you know, I was like I've never seen. I was like, you might see him eating a bag of Cheetos in the corner over there, but I was like, not, you know, not beating on. I was like, I've, I was like, and two, I was like, medicinally, I was like, there's so many things it can do. Like, actually, Plexus has a CBD oil that's coming out. I've been taking it for six months, and I've been took Charlotte's Web before then, and but we're not. They're still getting all the stuff ready. They have like an isolate and have like the full, the and the full thing, so full spectrum. But I really think, man, in Arkansas, um, I have two family members, close family, I mean, like immediate family members that had uh, opioid addictions. I mean, I mean, um, one of them was in the hospital for nine weeks, should be dead. I mean, he should be, there's not, shouldn't be alive. But by the grace of God, he's out fine. And uh, he, uh, 20 years of getting prescribed, you know, getting prescribed stuff. And just and constantly, it, you know, oh, I mean, man, it's so it's yeah. so bad too. Like I, I've developed empathy for that just through ha- knowing people, like what yeah. you're talking about. Not necessarily family members, but friends and, and acquaintances that. And man, on a lot of that stuff, benzos and other things, like they don't tell you. They don't tell you that if when you stop taking them, that your life is gonna suck. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. That's what. And for pain relief, I mean, I'm a huge. I'm like, I had a friend a lot of time. I was like, listen, I'd rather you smoke weed every day than take pills. I mean. I just because it's like it's in I just it's one of those things that I think big farmers is really fighting I mean I know I don't think that I know that they fight because <laughs> they're losing they're not they're not the ones trying to make money you know, off of it and even some of the companies they have because like Charlotte's Web actually had I can say this I think they were growing weed before it was even legal wait you know so they have like they had like so they had farms and fields and like a lot of these other companies that are public and stuff don't have any product they're buying from somebody else or they're not I, I just like, keyed well, in on that they're fine you know like they're not real you know they're sitting there so they have these crazy stock swings that go really high and really but they're not but Charlotte's Web like you're gonna be in Kroger's and a couple other oh, they're, they're not your gas station uh, yeah CBD. I know <laughs> that's what I you know, know. Like, that's crazy to see that too there is gas station CBD everywhere <laughs> but they had like dog treats and stuff but I was like you know there's there's medicinal things and I think there's all kinds of stuff like you know hemp should have never been outlawed but it was it's like the dumbest thing ever and but realize George Washington grew hemp if I'm not <laughs> yeah, mistaken he had wood teeth too I think he had a couple of girlfriends but yeah, I saw some meme getting passed around earlier that was talking about it. It was like a George Washington quote, but it wasn't real. And I didn't really know the person, but I was friends with him. And I was like, 
Dude, he didn't say that. He <laughs> really say, didn't. Bill Clinton said that, you know. I just say it's funny. I just taught about Bill Clinton this week in Arkansas history. Uh, well, uh, I, I mean, Bill Clinton definitely made some bad decisions, but our we have like a, she's kind of a nanny. She goes to college. She cooks a couple times a week. Country girl. Love it. She cook, I, I, that's what I get to eat good because she'll cook. She's cooking right now watching the kids. Nice. And she's sweet girl. I mean, like, loves jesus never done anything wrong in her life i think she i think she turned her roommate for smoking weed <laughs> he's kind of you know talking about just that but she met bill clinton and uh, i think it's new york city or dc she's last week and there's a picture and i was sitting there you know i'm like, i have adhd and impulsive and i'll just like say stuff do stuff and i'm like typing i'm like where's his hands at and i almost hit injured i'm like ah you know i stopped myself you know because she's ne- next to bill clinton and i was like and i told her yesterday i was like i almost stopped that but i don't want your friends and family to think who's this dude <laughs> where's bill's hands at uh you know neil harrington by chance he was just on a podcast he's the art gallery director at tech okay yeah, okay yeah, uh, he was doing something in downtown little rock like next to the uh clinton library and bill clinton happened to be there and like walked over and was like hey what are you guys doing <laughs> like looked at his artwork and like they were doing these uh, uh, steam presses uh, and it, it was a super cool thing but it, he's uh, just hung out with him and shook his hand he's like that guy brings an incredible energy well you know like there's people like that and uh, you ever did Strength Finder 2.0 it's another personality test a no. lot of business people it's, it's a good one too um, but it has like 34 strengths to get your top 5 and one of mine is called Woo and Bill Clinton has the gift of Woo he woos you over yeah, you know, sit there. I mean, I remember as a kid watching him on Arsenio Hall, having playing the saxophone. You know, man, I'm like, you know, who, you know, sit there and goes on. People, if it's legal for him to run for president, he could run and win. And that's what I mean. It's just what's crazy. And I mean, even though every, everything, all the people have died, all the women, you know, all the stuff, he could still. People would overlook that because they like him. Well, and I mean, honestly, I don't know of a time when when our economy was really doing better than it's like i mean he his presidency i mean it's not terrible and honestly you look back on it it's very conservative that's you know like the and that's what i I feel like we're in such a mess now i'm like i wouldn't say i'm republican i'm i'm definitely not democrat because i'm not i'm not socialism like i don't understand socialism so i just feel like it's just not a good place but i I might even say i would i don't libertarian you know but i'm a little like my big thing is like we need all to take responsibility and you know do our part and that's not that's a non-partisan <laughs> idea yeah and it's like and i was like hey you know sit there and i believe in helping people out when you can especially the community i believe you know all these things and <clears throat> and there's some stuff you know biblically i don't you know said so more towards democrat but i was like republican like people we have like some evangelical christians that love trump so much and think i was like he's not a good person <laughs> i was like i was like i was like the economy is definitely you know good but i was like he's a uh, business guy yeah he is he's is a business a guy very po- and he's popular yeah and uh, I was like, he's a, he's a, like a pageant contestant or yeah. something and i was like he's one of those good old boys too just in a way like bill clinton is like i'm gonna do whatever it takes and that's where, you know, and the impeachment, I mean, that's the similarities between those two. Like, hey, I'm going to make this work and I'm not going to follow your rules. Of, and that's where, I, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen. But then I look, I look at people, though, especially I think because the way, especially being raised in the South, that they look for a president to be a savior and to change everything. And what happens is because we have such a division between there's like they can't do anything when they get in there hardly. And, and it's just like that's not going to happen. It's like it's going to take people want to do their part and want to make a small, you know, on the local levels and go up gradually. Yeah. Man, the partisanship is, 
and I don't have you know I don't have solutions I and I, I almost like don't like complaining for that reason because I don't I don't have a better answer or way or idea other than all people in all three branches and state and local and that federal government's got to work together more like if it, it or federal government has got to be less I'm 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 really more of a states rights person honestly like whereas <clears throat> because it's like like with the cannabis issue federally illegal it's the but, dumbest thing but medicinally or recreationally legal in uh I think over 25 states if you count medicinal or recreational yeah. but it's like on those types of issues and many more throughout history it's like uh, the 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 difference in states' rights and federal government is is interesting. I think Trump will try to make it legal before. I think that's going to be his punch. Even the Democrat, I think that's going to be his. <clears throat> I just don't, man. I like. I just if he if he and Bernie square off, like I just see him beating Bernie, and I and I will, I like. I was up. I like Bernie. I really do, but I, I don't think, think he can beat him. I think it's about Bernie. I don't like. Um, it's so. I just feel like socialism. You look at Venezuela, you look, I mean, any other countries. And I, I don't think our, I mean, capitalism, I know we're not really completely real democracy. And all, you know, you go look at all of that, but I'm like, hey, we're already paying for so many things. We're entitled. And I was like, we have a generation, your generation, mine almost two millennials, man, that they have so much, there's $1.6 a trillion of student loan debt. I was like, forgiven that? I was like, where is that going to come from? True that, and I was like, right now I have, in healthcare, it's another thing too. I mean, I have uh, five people in my plan in my my trailer business. I pay for half their insurance, and they pay for other half, and that's the only way they get for it. It's five thousand dollars a month. It's crap insurance, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, and they said pay for everybody's insurance, and I was like, do you know? Do you have any friends or Canadians? Um, mm. I got a. Gas and oil worked with several, but one of my buddies he worked for BP Aramco when it's huge, and he part of his deal he got a severance package. He's like, I want U.S. insurance for life, which was smart. You know, at the time it wasn't that much, but it was like you know like, we'll pay for it and set it up. He flies from Calgary, Alberta to Denver twice a year to get his physicals to get all of his stuff. He goes, if I wait for a doctor in Canada, I'll wait for sometimes two months. Wow. For specialists, yeah. you know. And that's what, you know, the part too, I think I think everybody should have health care. Everybody should have availability of health care. But I'm like, hey, the Obamacare is like the, it's been a middle class tax. It's really hurt um, some people. I mean, teachers, I mean, that's when you, know, you see school teachers ask them how much they're paying for insurance. And I'm like, that's crazy. And even some of my employees, they don't want to get it because it's so, you know, that part of it. But, as, you know, politics, I think it's like our even our local government politics with the casino or whatever. I was like, hey, agree to disagree. It's okay. You can want this and like this and still like the person. Yeah. And, uh, and that's yeah. where I think a lot of times people don't understand that. It's, it's vote for it. It's, just, it's your freedom. Don't You don't have to sit there and hate somebody because they're not going to vote for what you want to. Yeah, I know. That's uh there is a politics in general creates so much strife, man. I think Bernie's got a good chance to win, though. I mean, like, just because millennial <clears throat> vote, and I was like, I always joke with Jessica, one of the last things, I haven't paid my student loans completely off. I pay every month. And she's like, well, I was like, they'll be forgiven. And she's like, you're crazy. I was like, I really think they will. I've told her that for 10 years. I've wondered about that a lot. I've got student loans, and we're paying them off quickly, but 
I wonder if they'll get forgiven just because like what you're talking about, or there are some ways uh, like some of my loans are different uh, interest situations and then some of them are uh, like with what we do with the nonprofit work I qualify to get some of it forgiven through that if I would ever follow yeah. through on it yeah I mean that, that's stuff I think and I like, I'm to me like it's good military you know teaching any of that I think that's part of it too but having some uh, prerequisites I guess it should say you know okay you're doing something good and uh, yeah, I know. If you if you go, uh, it's like if you're gonna go contribute to society, like with, with what I'm doing, like it's yeah. like, hey, yes, you taught me how to do this, and now I'm giving back by doing it. Yeah, exactly. Know? And that's I mean, I'm, I'm a huge person at that. And we try, like one of the things we live by too, we try to give away ten percent besides tithe. You know, and sometimes it's sometimes for helping adoption, sometimes it's helping for college, sometimes you know people stuff like that because people trying that's a big thing for me are you trying to do better you trying to make you know make a dent in where you're at but i i go back i go back and forth man just because um i like having i guess you know both sides use fear and it drives me nuts you know because when you check fear it makes me (laughs) i don't like fearful it makes me rise up i was like you know i hate bully i hate that bully part and i was like and uh like I love guns, but I hate the way the NRA does stuff. A lot of times, I was like, "That's not smart." It creates hysteria. It, do, it does, you know. And at the same time, I'm like, um, both sides. Uh, man, I was with uh, you know, just uh, illegal immigration. I'm like, you sit there. Both sides use it, and like they're go, they're going to deport you tomorrow. <laughs> All these things, and vice versa. I'm like, hey, that's let's figure out a way to make people be citizens and pay taxes, make it easy. But I grew up with an illegal Mexican that lived in our like car, not a carport, but part of our house his name was Cruz Rodriguez and he was my buddy you know I would go get books from the library at Deer School you know Louis Lemoore and uh, I was like man he worked his butt off you know he sat there and just uh, I was like if I lived in Mexico there wouldn't be a fence high enough or river wide enough you know that I wouldn't make it to the US and make 10 times of what I make a day so I just you know those there's all those things that you ha- you have we you could talk for days about but I was like big thing is what are you trying to do to make it for yourself and for your family and your friends and are you making a dent in society yeah which are so many people not contributing <laughs> yeah. that is which we could man this is a rabbit hole it is it, we, is, it really yeah. is like because we're th- these topics is like I, that's guy said earlier it's like i offer no solutions <laughs> i'm yeah. just here to commentate but yeah. as you know the uh <clears throat> there's i think you have to talk about it some because you know out of sight out of mind i know in my life when i when i look at stuff that way it gets worse. Like in my health, my knees. Like I, I didn't want to ever get my knees checked out because I was like, you're going to have surgery, you know, knee replacement surgery, or you know, different things, pains. But I was like, out of sight of mind, I was like, how 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 can we make this better? You know, how, what can we do? You know, like I said I think locally, always starting out. But I think you know we have such division locally that well, like, and I think just everybody having a sense of civic duty, <clears throat> like uh, in what whatever way you're capable of giving back. My uh, critique on like local situation is uh, nobody is equipped or trained to give back. There are some decent leaders or people that get, that get in there, but it's like we have no nobody with a political science background in local government. <laughs> I have you, a political science okay. master's degree. So you gonna run? Is that what you did? No, <laughs> I that, that's well, you know. See, so I, it, it that's so stereotypical. That I will not. Yeah. Is, oh, I've got better ideas. So let me get like every politician I've talked to in the last year locally, 
well, I just didn't like the way it was going, so I decided to run. And it's just like, yeah, I don't like the way it's going either. And I'm, I, I have kind of a background. I could do something. People talk to me about it a lot, and it's just like, man, I'm not. I, it's just like I got the same story as you. I don't like the way it's going, but it's like, and I have the training, but it's just like, I don't, I don't know how to help. Yeah, like that's that. That's more more than anything. Is like. There's so it's such a, a big problem and that I don't and, and honestly like working with it, a bunch of unequipped people is going to be difficult for me because it's like it's somebody that's never had a political science course in a college yeah. is oh, yeah. running is, is running oh, yeah. the, the political science system. I, I mean, I totally and I totally and here's what I, I really believe. I think local government um, and I, I, I hate comparing so much stuff to church, but I think it's like pastor man is the hardest job. Cause you're on call like 24 seven and everybody's judging you constantly. And, and honestly, it's not, it's not pay. It doesn't pay enough. Like for what you do. I had a friend about to start, you know, and I was like, listen, I was like, I'll be praying for you, dude. You know, but I was like, but I was like, and truthfully, it's something you have to be called to do. And I think civic duty, I think we're all called to a certain level. And, uh, I think, you know, there's people that have their agendas, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to sit there. And I was like the people that really need to be there. And, you know, um, or, or not because they're like man i couldn't change anything or i can't do anything and and because this is where our system is so set up where it's almost impossible and it's just uh and two the thing about donald trump being president is kind of a little bit i think him running for president makes oprah think she can run for president it makes mark zuckerberg think he can run for president it makes you know i'm serious there's all these people now it's like hey you know the rock we're talking about i'm like Okay, he's an actor and wrestler, you know. But you have these people like you know sit there, telling them like you could do entertainers. this. Entertainers, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, they're definitely entertainers, but it's part. Of, I guess you know some of them, they can be seen really well. But I was like, I was like, I think, even Trump. I don't. I think. I don't think he thought he would be where he's at. I don't. I don't think he's like, hey, I got into this, and I guess I could better finish it. It's know? a big. It is. It's like a popularity contest, yeah. man. Uh, that's even even with just our local politic. Uh, it's 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 very much the who you know and then like hey my buddy's over here i'm gonna help them out and they get all the contracts and yeah oh yeah and that's where and good old boy systems always um and it's i mean it's hard to not i mean it's just that's dude i like i think we complain about it just because we're small community and we can see it yeah. but like I've had my experiences and and pitfalls with the local government on the gym situation oh my gosh but Imagine what LA is like. Imagine, imagine what Dallas is like. <laughs> like awesome. I, I do find some gratitude in thinking that way. I'm like, well, could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. And like, I mean, just in Arkansas, like I got my two of my mentors, ones in Northwest Arkansas, ones in Little Rock. They don't own a building because they can't buy one. It's not possible for them. Like oh, it, yeah, it, it would, it, it could be. But it's just like the the commitment for one at the age that he's at. Yeah. It's like he actually owns some property he could build. But it's like codes in Little Rock, man. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. I have a one of my my best friends. It's like you know the Stanley Brothers, the Charlotte's Web guys. He, uh, that's his brother-in-law's. They have a house outside outside Franklin, Tennessee, Leapers Fort, and twenty-five acres on an HOA. What color fence you have? What kind of driveway you have? can't show be shooting guns up there i mean like you know side by side. i mean like it's crazy man i'm like 
was like, do we live in America? <laughs> I was like, dude, I was like, you know, and that's where it, the same thing too. I wanted to raise my kid. I was like, I, I, sh- I, mean, I live 10 acres outside in Center Valley Road and I shoot guns and, you know, yeah. do all kind, you know, bow and fireworks. And Man, uh, my uh, sister-in-law lives out yeah. probably not too far from you guys, that's like cool. right there by the school. Yeah. I mean, right? I live um, a little bit closer to the other side, but uh, that's what, I mean, that's where, you know, that thing too, but we do have, I think too, I'm all, you want to deal with the devil, you know? And I think we know, I mean, kind of sit there and I was like, and even with the casino, I was like, Hey, it's going to be here. But I was like, make sure we get the best yeah. in the deal. I was like, I was like, I mean, I, it's going to be, it's going to be a tax on the lower class barbie level. I mean, you're going to be people the first week of that, they're spending their checks and the rest of the month be hungry, which is, which is sad to see, but it's like, they, that, the way I've always looked at it is like, man, those people are probably going to do something like that anyway. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like oh, you yeah. didn't. Oh, it's yeah. not the the institute. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know. Like, people make mistakes. People make poor choices. Nobody's making them go gamble their check away. Oh, oh yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that's, they have to, they have to make that choice. And it's where, it's one of those things that I mean, there yet people like their whole thing. It's like, going to bring jobs. I'm like, okay, you know that. It's like say you want a casino, just say you want a casino, not just for jobs or not for tax. But you know, like this, like they want to justify their answer why they're which uh, that did it for me. Like I wouldn't have cared initially, but it's like the the economic incentives for the community. I was like, oh, I didn't think about all that. Great, what a bonus! Because yeah. I mean, man, I don't care. I'm like, are we gonna have concerts? Can I? That's what a live music. That's the only thing I want. Like a live music venue. Yeah, like I was like, you guys, a restaurant. it's going to be an amphitheater, and st- uh, so well, apparently there might be some sort of like a John Daly restaurant going in yeah. uh, in the Legends. Shana uh, trains at our gym, does a lot of stuff for. She runs a golf course and just different things, but apparently they approached him about doing something like that. So, but yeah, there'd be tons of great restaurants, entertainment, concerts, buffets. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I that's my favorite part of Vegas. Like you can eat anytime you want, yeah, anything you want. For sure, for sure, man. That's I mean, I've been to Vegas several times. It's always fun. It's like that's like one of the ma- the cities I'm like pretty comfortable in. Like moving around, traveling around, driving on the interstate, anything. It's, well, you can like stay indoors and walk through like seven casinos. Yeah, like the outside. Venetian and Palazzo, man. Have you ever stayed there? We just at MGM Grand. We'll walk over there to New York, New York outside, and it's so long. And the, the towers there, MGM, you know, around. It's it's weird because you'll be like, you lose time of day. You know, like you don't realize what time it is. You walk outside, and it's like daylight, and it's like walking around Vegas is weird too because you'll be like, oh, I'm gonna walk down to the casino down there, and you walk for like an hour, and you don't make it. <laughs> you see some weird stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah, that was like culture shock for me too. I remember like I just got there and like I was getting like uh, I'd like cross like the walk over the um, strip and I'd gone down like the escalator and at the bottom is somebody there like clicking something like handing me these like naked lady pictures. I was like, whoa, I, was, I don't want this. Uh, <laughs> my my wife is here. <laughs> Corey and I weren't married, but it was just like, well, dude. They make this little sound and they get you to... Yeah, like looking at... Which, you know, like it's funny, that reminds me, I took Matt Lutz to uh, the CrossFit Games in LA, I guess three or four years ago. He'd never been, he'd never flown, never been to California. And I took him to Venice Beach. And uh, man, if you've ever been to Venice before, it's just... I've walked around down there. I didn't get to stay as long as I wanted. We we walked around Venice and Santa Monica. We got bikes and rode up, you know, all the way up to Pier, you know, sit there up and down. (laughs) There's somebody out there, you know, there's people smoking weed there. And the people, somebody's on coke. And, you know, there's the guy preaching. There's a guy, you know, 
Satanism, and he went to the Muscle Beach and he didn't muscle up. It was, you know, it's like such a weird. You have all these people like in one little place, and it's just you know just craziness. And he was saying kind of just like mind. He's like, what is going on here? I was like, well, I was like, there's a little bit of everything here. Yeah, hey, that's uh, that's a type of experience that opened your mind. I remember one. I remember going to Worlds the first year as a purple belt in California, which would have been like 2014. And realizing how big the jiu-jitsu community was and then like seeing jiu-jitsu that like large scale it blew my mind. It changed everything I was thinking about at the time. But it was just like, it was just seeing the amount of diversity and stuff within our community. And then also like being in California, jumping in the ocean for the first time, all of that. At the same time, I was realizing how big jiu-jitsu was. So. That's what, you know, in California too, you have people training that's where before we opened CrossFit, we went up there and went, I went to several CrossFits in California just to look at them, and it was like such a a grassroots thing then, where people you could do as long as you had like a trainer and had like paid your fee and had a building, you could do it in your garage. You yeah. know, sit there and stay as a CrossFit, and we went through all. We did like a from San Diego all the way. We ended up flying out of like San Francisco and just kind of went to several of them to see just uh, tons of things for me and jessica like 10 years ago and it was it was definitely different you know just how in california too you know all because healthy there's the stuff there that you get to see and do but uh california i love to visit but i wouldn't live there there's no way i'd live there no way no way man and honestly like if i get to keep continuing to have the experiences i have i probably never move from like core all the time is just like uh, you know when we get our forever home i'm like baby we've made it this is it we made it. We got a house. We're good. I like, Jessica. I have no aspirations to do. Like, I'm like, I'm tired for like 12 years of like trying to get this house. I don't even want to talk about getting rid of it. That's why I told Jessica, you can bury me in the backyard out there in the tree. I was like, I'm, I'm content here. We will eventually buy or build another, like, probably five or 10 years down the road. Wait till your kids are like in a really good place. Cause I'll tell you this, like, our remodel in our house probably caused more marital i've been yeah well um, we've been through that with this a little bit but I, when i my dad was always doing that my whole life i just want to like i just like when we moved in here i was just like i don't want to do this because we we scraped all the ceilings and all the rooms and a bunch of stuff and they're still working on things nick McAllister texted me since we were just a second ago and was like hey when do you want me to do that and he's replacing a bunch of my door frames and installing a door for me and it's always something to do. That's man. the one thing I'd tell you. Make sure you talk a lot, plan it out, and you know, probably plan for like 150 percent remodel. Yeah, I've yeah, I've experienced that too. Budgets. Like, cause man, you get to tearing into something, you're like, oh, oh, I see here. I'm gonna have to replace this subfloor. Didn't see that coming. Like when we moved in, we had to replace a, a substantial amount of subfloor in the in the uh, kitchen just because there's no there were no gutters on the back of the house and we did some water damage, but. We didn't know there was tile underneath the laminate floor. And then we got the tile up and the subfloors. But, it's, but man, that's the, that is the joys of home ownership. Oh, Honestly, yeah. like the pride that we feel because we've been through that. It's, oh, yeah. That's definitely. Ask you a question. What, are you, what book are you reading right now? Or listening to? Uh, okay. So, well, that one I mentioned earlier with Fire and Sword, mm-hmm. uh, Civil War uh, text. Um outside of that uh there's a graham hancock's new book america before i haven't dug super deep into it i bought the hard copy and i'm probably gonna go get the audio version honestly what you can do is like take the hard copy out look at it put the put the audio like on 
Two oh, that's a guy. Two, two times speed. Yeah. Two times speed. And that's what I'll do sometimes. So I'm really trying to like hear, listen, see, you know, how I like I'm trying to learn. Yeah. 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 But those are like most of the stuff I'm consuming right now is like job related. Hmm. Job. Like, job. I love history books anyway. So it's like. What's your favorite podcast to listen to? Favorite podcast? Joe Rogan, honestly. Uh, outside of that, Dan Carwin's Hardcore History. There's another guy who's been on Joe several times. Uh, that's how I heard about him, named Danelli Balelli. He's, he's had Jocko on his podcast. As a matter of fact, he's called History on Fire. I'd recommend it to you. They did a three-way podcast where it was, it was Danelli, then a, a second historian. I don't remember his name. And then the, they did a third cast with Jocko. But what they did is they broke down the Sand Creek Massacre in Colorado. Huh. Then they broke down the My Lai Massacre in Vietnam. I think I listened in part of it. And this. then they sat down with Jocko and they compared because they're both U.S. military committed atrocities. Yeah. And it was one of the most interesting podcasts I've ever listened to. It's just like a standalone thing. But Dan Carlin's hardcore history, like. I listened to him, like going to Hawaii a couple of years ago because it's so long. I was yeah. Like, I sit there just... Which one did you do? The cons? I think it was. Wrath of the Cons. That's my favorite yeah. one. There, he did a new one uh, somewhat recently called American Peril about like... I haven't listened to that one. Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders and... Have you listened to one about the Supreme Court case uh, about the American Indians in uh, Oklahoma about the guy that died and they're trying to... No. Saying, they're trying to give the land back because they couldn't say the guy died. He's on... No, I, 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 I have to keep the name of it. So I thought about is that I'm, I'll like consume little ones like that. I'll find and like sit there and binge them. And, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other good uh, podcasts I've been listening to. Most of the ones I do listen to outside of Joe Rogan are history related, though. Just because that, man, I watch a ton of documentaries. Like right now, like uh, I'm teaching history christianity that's the unit i'm on in my civil one class so like i've been consuming tons of jesus documentaries like timeline nat geo um those are the main ones that have a bunch of content on either life or teachings movement of jesus i went to israel in february completely changed that whole view of biblical i went went with like it's kind of funny with several pastors too which it made even different but they were i mean i had our God was actually a Jewish. He wasn't. He wasn't a Christian, which is another showing. You have this other view, talking about all the places, and to see like something so small. Oh, I know, area. right? Well, and then too to know that Judaism and Christianity and Islam all lay claim to the same covenant. You oh, know, yeah, and it was like you know, like too, and seeing how people still hate Christians. <laughs> you could see the division in land in different places some places we went to but also how like part of Israel man part of Jerusalem like reminded me of Branson you see like 37 buses like you know going down places but then we went to some places kind of off you know they had like shot, shots fired one night or up, you know, sitting there. It's kind of, you know, like to me, I thought this is cool. <laughs> you sit there, let's go see. But I was like, it's like somebody here be shooting over the fence though. I mean, like just cause pop. Yeah. And, uh, but it was definitely different. You know, the Dead Sea down there went to one of the coolest things. I don't know if you ever heard about Masada. It's down by the Dead Sea. It's where uh, the Jews, I think it was around 80 AD, 70 AD, like held off the Romans for like three years. It's like up on this big platform, like, yes, like yes. plateau. And they held them off. And they finally, the Romans took a bunch of Jews and made them build like a ramp up it so they could finally took them three years to do it and they would sit there and uh, just 
psychological break, you know, kill people, you know, but they're making the Jews build it up to them. And Mossad is like one of the last stands, but they all committed suicide before. And supposedly like one or two people lived in the, in the well. But when I was up there, I found some patina glass. You're not supposed to take anything, but I found it and I got three knives made, like skinning knives for oh, uh, cool. for two friends and one for myself for Judson. You know, when it gets bigger, but it's got like a gut hook on it. But I put it in the end of the pommel, like, of, you know, the patina. And my buddy told me that was his favorite place on his trip when he went a couple of years before in Masada. And, uh, and just sit there is one of the, the cool things. In there. Rome is such a fascinating topic. I I never took a class. I took a class in the Middle Ages. We talked about Rome, a sizable amount. And then uh, Renaissance. I, I took some classes where it was a topic. But, man, to really dig into the kingdom, the republic, the empire. And then you dig into the empire. You wad that up and throw it out. We're just going to talk about Jesus and Christianity. Like, because outside of Rome, like, just a sizable topic, history of Christianity, kind of coincide like, a heads and tails of how I teach that unit. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, there's so much there, too. Like, uh, I mean, you, you go out, and just what's going on in the rest of the world. I had a class, actually, my undergrads in in, in Bible, general ministries. Um, I teach you about biblical history and background, and he taught, like, story. And he would tell what's going on in the world outside the Bible. Like, say you're reading it. The Syrians, one of my favorite things, you know, hearing about, you know, is how, how, how bad they were. You know, I like, did an hour and 37 minute podcast solo on the Assyrians. Like how, yeah, yeah. Why, why Jonah wouldn't go to Nineveh? Because they'd have, like, you know, skulls like lined up and people, you know, it's like, why would you not really want to go there? Just, you know, a lot of the stuff. And he uh, was, a, he was a great teacher about that, you know, the things that was going on outside the world because so many times the culture we live in, like, it's biblical. People read the Bible and think King James, you know, he wrote, I was like, it's not. It's a way more difference in the culture and understanding stuff there is way different. And that's what, too, like, you know, seeing the Jeep going to the Welling Wall. I went there a couple of times. I like snuck off one time by myself just so I wanted to go see because they had like the boys. I think it was on Thursday. They did the bar mitzvahs, you know, so all these teenage boys are coming through. And it was just like they're excited to be there. And there's people praying over there, you know. And I was like, there's guards around it. You have to have go through security yeah. to get in there. And I'm just like, man, how weird is that, you know? It was weird seeing Trump at that wall. Was he not there? The, I think the, he I'm went. I'm pretty sure I have a memory. Which is like, but I was like, you know, like I said, politicians, man, they're going to do to get votes. And it's like Zuckerberg. I see him on an old, on a old gas and old thing with a hard head. I'm like, is he trying to run for president? Or, you know, and you've seen the Bill Gates uh, documentary. Watched it? I haven't seen that yet. I mean, I'm, I'm charting it. I have not it's watched really, it. Though. Really good. But he talks about using nuclear energy again, which smart. But, you know, the right can. But I was like, whoever thought somebody would say, you know, talking about how we think of solar and uh, winds, you know, it's not going to be enough because it takes so much. But it's not a clean way to do other have power to power, power a world, which I was like, I can't believe they let him release it. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you go into anything in that documentary about him having patents on weather control devices? No, <laughs> you're a conspiracy guy for sure. You seen <laughs> that's funny. Have you seen what's that one in Europe? It's got you know, it shows like the whole, it looks like a inverted, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I don't know, maybe it looks like something off a movie, I mean, like sci fi movie, but it's like a hole in the ground and supposedly like, um, oh, what's it called? It's not the super deep borehole, is it? No, this thing looks like, I mean, it looks like a space station in the ground almost like a interesting like in a, i have to find i was like well yeah yeah i'll get, be, stuck on, I'll get those rabbit hole stuff like that but yeah uh, so like I, i've heard this is that um bill gates owns like all the weather control patents that exist and that he has on the floor of the atlantic 
all of these devices planted that have satellites that can heat up or cool down the ocean temperatures and stop, steer, or theoretically even create hurricanes. <laughs> I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know. There's some parts that I mean, like you think about heating up the ocean, like, or so, or like oh we gotta we we have a hurricane about to make landfall, let's cool down, or heat up or make the temperatures of the water as so that we can steer it the other way or it, you know, I, I, it's you know like I wouldn't like put it past him trying to create something cause the month shows talks he's talking about how clean water how and one of the big things he tried to have clean water, so he's like how do we do that you know we got to take out the waste have a composting toilet or something because that's the big part you make the water what's making the water just dumping it in the you know in the lakes not lakes but rivers or whatever creeks they have and so he puts all these people and they bring some ideas but like they're like fifty thousand dollars for it come up you know like he can't afford that and but he's talking about enabling people to contribute to that how we can do that and but with bill gates too man like seeing some of the stuff he does like he had a it shows him it has a I feel better about myself. He has like a bag of books he carries around all the time. And it was about what he's trying to learn at the time. And, you know, most of it was about poop, about water. You know, all these things that Sean, he's learning about and how he's dead on about still, how he's so driven too. I'm like, dude, you have billions of dollars, but yeah. you, you have yeah. a problem you want to solve. And I was like, too, there's a, you know, conspiracies like that, man. I think there's, there's way more stuff that we don't know about and probably would never know about. Even you heard about that in Damascus, 1979, when that guy dropped a wrench inside the. Oh yeah, side. dude, I'm teaching about that on Monday. Titan two missile program. Yeah. Oh look, did anybody know about that? I wouldn't. We had never. We would never came to pass. You know, like. That. Yeah. Oh man, the, <laughs> my buddy Derek wrote his master's thesis on that, and I make my students read his master's thesis, but it's a. Name of his master thesis is something super funny, like nuclear warheads and cow pastures or something like that. Because, I mean, that, 1979, I don't like when they released it. I mean, it was like way, way after that, what actually happened. And how the guy got locked out. it was out. 81 or something. That guy got locked like, out and then couldn't get in. And like, how, I'm like, really? I'm like. You ever seen Dr. Strangelove, yeah. the movie? That like, kind of reminds me. It's like they, they play, that the whole movie is to kind of uh, satirize the idea that it's like, yeah, we let these people who have been through warfare and maybe have been traumatized have the nuclear codes, and maybe that's not the best idea. Maybe these Nazi scientists we have working for NASA, that maybe that's not the best idea either. Who's your favorite James Bond? Oh, oh I like to give him a slap. <laughs> it's, oh, Sean Connery. Yeah, well, he's, he's the best for sure. The, the, have you seen, do you know what I'm uh, talking about? Uh, him justifying slapping women dude yeah. oh, what yeah. a piece of shit oh he's so weird dude too like, <laughs> you know like you know he passed up on lord of the rings <sighs> he's like man i thought it was some stupid i'm like dude i was like the author i mean i was but i was like you know I, you know you don't think about him being the last good movie i really saw him in was that entrapment movie with Catherine zeta jones 1999 that's, man that's the all like has he done anything since the um, rock that came out in like 94 though yeah Nicholas Cage, Last Crusade, <sighs> Sean Connery. Yeah, he was probably my favorite Bond. I'm I'm not a huge Bond fan. I should be bigger into. I took a, a class on espionage when I was, and I was. It's an interest I have. Yeah. Um, intelligence work and stuff, but. So you watching Treadstone now? No, no, no. You know what it is, don't you? What? What is that? Um, 
in the Bourne movies. You know, Robert, oh, yeah. Robert Ludlum. There's a USA series. Yes, yes, yeah. I know. I've I've seen it. Uh, it's I think it's on Hulu or something. We have, but I have I haven't watched it. I almost. What's that other one that's uh, the Jack Ryan? There's another show they have yeah. that's kind of um, yeah. Jack Ryan's like off the you know there's like several movies like Harrison Ford's Jack Ryan's William. Yeah. Alec Baldwin's Jack Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ben Affleck's Jack Ryan. I guess what now it's a series yeah. they've made. Out it's pretty of it. good too, though. I mean, it's like I actually I watched it, um, but it's he's, he's he's an analyst, which I like that it makes him not he's not just some gung ho person, but he's like talking about Venezuela's like wide open for Russia to come, which is truth. You know, <laughs> they need money. It's like, hey, yeah. Russia, come here and put your missiles here. Well, yeah, that's uh, well, you know, we're gonna experience. A lot of those South American countries we tried to install democracy in in the 60s and 70s, which is now failing, we're going to see a lot of other interest moving in. I, I think about South America is an interesting area, man. I, I love in it. our you involvement. Ever been, you ever been there. down there? Uh, I've been to Mexico twice. I've never been, which is central, yeah. so, which I've never been to South America now. I've been to Peru and Ecuador, both the missions trips, man, but I love Do, it. Did you see any Incan uh, ruins in in Peru? No, we went to, I went to uh, Lima, which is like the desert, which is so weird. You know, it's like, I mean, desert, dry. Then we flew into Iquitos, which is in the jungle. You can't drive there. You can get the boat or fly, you know, which was completely different. And we got out Nada, which is really close to Amazon, the mouth of Amazon. And Did you uh, do any ayahuasca while you were down? <laughs> <laughs> I was on a mission trip. Uh, did a lot of other stuff. Okay, you know, that's a religious thing. <laughs> <Yeah. down there. laughs> but I really want to go back and go to Machu Picchu, though, because it's just the way the trip was. There's no way we could go. And I had a couple of friends. But it's like a long trip, you know, train, because it's another. But you can get all three. You can be in the mountains, you go to the desert, and go, you know, rainforest in one country. It's not really that big. Yeah. And uh, I want to go back there sometime. But, it's, I mean, it's, it's a freaking hike, too. It's, you know, the train and getting there. And... Uh, but uh, it's a different world, man. I, lo- I mean, I, I love foreign countries. That's one thing I want to take my kids to more like third world. It's like, hey, they're pissing through a hole in the ground. <laughs> you know, but they have a TV watching soccer, but they have nothing, you know, like nothing, you know, one set of clothes and that's it. And, uh, but content, you know, they're happy, man. Just that's completely, you know, our, my kids have everything. Perspective. You know, yeah, they, they're not bored. And, and Ecuador, same way I went to, um, funny story, me and Heath Graham, we're in Mr. in Ecuador and we snuck out one night and they told us do not leave and uh, there's like a million people we're out in this, we get in our we get in our cab it's me and him and Dave and these two other missionary assistants you know those little dats in cars yeah yeah it's like all of us in a driver nice first thought we go through you know they don't stop they just honk the horn I was like we're gonna die we're <laughs> gonna get T-boned you know Dude, like, I've been nobody some, don't know where we're at <laughs> you know? I've been in some crazy uh, <laughs> yeah. Ubers in big cities <laughs> with like was. you get you like you have a foreign driver but think about a 78 model Datsun <laughs> oh man yeah <laughs> but you know the, I mean it's it's a different world then like you said um, well Venezuela too like, that's what the Jack Ryan kind of interested me wanted to know more about because he was talking he was teaching a class and he's talking about how much, you know, I knew that oil, how much oil they had, how much gold they have, and how, you know, and how fast that company went from being up here to, you know, just like they have food lines now, you know, just you mean corruption, but how that leaves it wide open for China, for Russia, whoever wants to really make them a Cuba almost in a way, you know, yeah, be, you can have rockets in the U.S. in 30 minutes. Yeah, that's, um, it's an interesting strategic area for the u.s and that's uh along those lines post-world war ii the world has become such a complex and globalized place that the 
the the diplomacy that goes behind all this like we just had a model un conference uh at uca a couple weeks ago and i'm the the faculty advisor but just seeing them uh do mock parliamentary procedure and just sitting back and looking at all the complex issues at just that little mock thing it's like with Korea, with the Koreas and paranoias that these countries have about these other countries, and to know that it's not just existing in the way we're talking about in relation to us, but it's like you have somebody that's a delegation for some underdeveloped country, and they're 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 worried about their neighbors and and people in the vicinity, and whether or not they're going to get aid from this, like yeah. what you're saying, it's like. Or, yeah. What major superpower of a country, China, the United States, Soviet Union, Russia, sorry, Soviet Union, um, can support us, can back us, can we be allies with? And when you're a destitute country or you're you're on the merge uh, uh, or you're uh, on the verge of mm-hmm. not being underdeveloped anymore, uh, what people are interested in you. And the United States has such a history of planning on down the road like let's get involved now and i think we're seeing a lot of that unwind right now i have a cousin he's the i think the right way to be contractor now but he was in panama when panama was turned over he was in london after the bombings he's been to ukraine the last two years Mm. got pulled out but he's been in all these unique places during yeah he was he was he was a he was officer he was in jordan too he was officer and and he was a ranger like ranger bat and went to came and does all these odd jobs he says he's a contractor pretty much he travels around all these places i always look now like back and i was like you were here then you know like see uh, well the green berets in south america in the 60s is fascinating like like pre green berets in vietnam Mm -hmm. we had them packed into south america what were they doing i don't know i have some ideas i know some things (laughs) but it's like it's um it's interesting that we had we had a, a in my research before like everybody thinks Green Berets they're like yeah late sixties Vietnam sixty eight Vietnam and it's like nah we we had them entrenched in South America in sixty four so it's fascinating I would like to have some more special uh, or have some special forces folks on the uh, on the podcast I mean most of the ones you meet are really um, different now I should say. My my philosophy professor uh, and mentor when I was in school, Charlie Bush, he's former Green Beret. Yeah. And so, you know, like a lot of SF stuff, I had um, talked to one guy. He went through school, like Q school, like two or three times, you know. And he's like, you don't, they don't know what you're testing for. <laughs> They're just seeing your reaction, you know, like, and just, you know, meant some mental game. And uh, I mean, it's going, I mean, the, Military, I mean, like, it was a basic training. I went to basic. I was 17 when I went to basic. And it's a mental game. You know, like, you have, there's a point you're like, hey, I'm not going to do anything right. Let's do my best. <laughs> they're going to sit there and find something. You know, it's just the way it is. And they're trying to, you know, trying to level you up and get everybody the same. And uh, you see that. But I was like, on something like that, it's like, hey, I know what my standard needs to be. And you, with this, as you know, when they go through, like, you school, like, they don't have a clue what they're, you know. Did you watch the Snowden podcast? Joe Rogan. Uh-huh. He was talking about uh, his military service, and he broke both his legs going through an SF 
Um, I believe it. I, I can't remember if he was seal training or what, but literally like he had gotten these issues with like shin splints or something. And like he jumped off of a rock and like he'd, he saw a snake. That's what he was doing. He's like stepping over a log or like, you're like going to jump down. So he like jumped extra. And when he landed, it like snapped his legs, dude. Like you have, I remember this is like basic training, like not, we was like 97. They were like, they're always experimenting in the military too. People don't realize that. And like easy, basic, tough, basic. And I was in a part, I was in a combat. So like ours was crazy. I mean, they just did all, they sit there trying to mess with you, kind of see where your stress level's at. And dude, we had probably 25 people at stress fractures. And had like the little, always joke, they call it the Chinese combat boots, and jump boots, because you know they're like the little sandals. And a lot of them would get in the recycle them. They would go back. It's like, if you can't complete this, you're going to go back. And man, I was like, my leg is falling off. I'm not going <laughs> and sit there. You know, I was like, I'm going to graduate, you know, sit there because uh, I was like, I, I want to go home. I don't want, you know, sit there. Cause, you know, cause, I mean, they make it horrible. I was like, there's no way I would even go to the, sit there unless I was dying. Get sit there and go sit there to sick bay. How, I, how long were you in the military? Um, I was 97 when I, I started. I joined in 97 right when, I, right when I graduated high school and I got out in 2005. I had, wow. like a, I had a break of service and I was, did a, I was in active ready reserve, which you're, every military contract is eight years, no matter what. And sometimes you'll be in our, our inactive ready reserve. Like you'll serve four and have four, yeah. six by two. And I moved, so I like two. I, I went as a combat engineer because I took a blow up stuff, which, you know, I grew up, had the cheap James Bond, you know, the had anarchist cookbooks. I mean, I love making bombs as a kid. I don't anymore, <laughs> but uh, combat engineer, you get the, you know, Bangalore torpedoes, their landmines stuff. and but it was one of those things too you don't um i wanted to join the navy my mom wouldn't sign for me because i was 17 because i qualified for the nuke program and she's like i don't want you to be gone but she signed for me to be a combat engineer but it's pre-2000 you know you don't think about um but if i went back to i wish i would have went active duty just uh because i was still i was still i was full of piss and vinegar and couldn't be told a whole lot i think that would have been a good four years for me you know something like that or at least that just to see and uh but i as was one of the things i made a lot of really good friends and uh never got deployed and but i ended up i finished my last three years as a, a chaplain assistant which was completely different from combat engineer yeah and, uh, oh i bet but it was really good for me too because i got to be around all these guys that were chaplains of different denominations and different beliefs which was kind of cool you know you see Hey, you think this is, you know, your way you're raised, that this is goodness. I was like, this guy's a jerk. <laughs> I was like, you don't like soldiers, you know, because I was like, that's the thing, you're serving people, and especially coming home. There's 2005 people who come up in deployments. I'm like, hey, let's make sure and take care of guys. And a lot of them, like, reentry, we helped work on, like, they were doing, like, in like, New Orleans and Orlando, like, husband and wife would go to how to reconnect, but have, like, a nice room and have fun, you know, dinner, but it'd be like a two hour thing and help set up some of that stuff in Fort Hood. But, uh, man, I've always, like, been enamored with the military because of Rambo, because of Mission Action, too. You know, because, I mean, those movies, man, they sit there, Red Dawn, uh, oh, uh, sitting so there, you know, good. but I was, like, you know, sit there, I mean, running, that in my survival knife, like, you know, because, like, you know, John Rambo running through the woods and machete when I was, like, 10, sitting there chopping stuff down. And uh, I think to my kids, I was, like, this thing about Judson, I was, like, what do I want to sit here to really know about that kind of stuff? And that's why I love guns, too. But I was, like, I'm not really a gun guy, but I love to shoot and, love you know, it's fun to, to see that stuff. But, man, those guys, like, it's kind of like, you know, you said how big the world is. Like, last weekend watching Ryan and Daniel Shaw, like, shoot. 
they're like something you'd see on, you know, they're shooting pistols at 60 yards, right? I can't really see it with a rifle, you know, and shooting it, you know, several times. You know, they're sitting there shooting, laying down with one on one foot. You know, having one shooting on cracks like this, and you know, offhanded shooting one-handed. They're doing drills like they're doing one-handed drills, yeah. rifle drills. Show, you know, showing um, how you know firefights or if you're injured or all this stuff. I'm like, man, these guys are way above and beyond. But they train, train, train. You know, it's like that's repetitive. When, well, then, yeah, like McMillan, man. He like when he he's like, yeah, I just got to teach this class on tourniquets, and I'm just like. Oh, you've taken it to a whole other place than me, man. Like, that's oh yeah, like you know, like Ron. Yeah, I got. He gave me a tourniquet kit. It's just fun. That's just yeah, the way, yeah. That's know? how that's how like, they work, dude. You know, I was like, you can give me some tampons too to shove in there. Like, it's like, but uh, but at the same time too, it's like, hey, how do you how do you respond to? Because um, even with like concealed carry, it's like, hey, if you have a gun, if you're not going to use it, they're going to use it against you probably. Yeah. And you know those things that you have to teach and, and not really tell fear, but tell the truth and those stuff. But. I mean, those guys, like I said, a whole other level of, you know, in training and stuff. And you see them, and it's, to me, I, I love seeing people that's mastered something, too. Or they're, they're getting close, you know. They're not saying they've mastered, but they're at a level. Like, way a better. level of mastery. Yeah. Like, or, um, man, it's, well, it's like the bite belt in martial arts, man. Like, it took me 11, over 11 years to earn my jiu-jitsu bite belt. And then, like... A lot of people would look at me and be like, bro, you bite belt, you made it. And I'm just like literally just began guys like this like what's next like it's a level of mastery everybody views me as is this like oh you're a bite belt but it's like even new bite belts and i'm just like i've been a bite belt for a year and a half now and i was like what's the big deal here like uh, that's why i've kind of cued in on this most people that are great don't even know they're great yeah i mean i i totally what's funny like we had this discussion with ryan because i mean sean knows him really well too about you know He's like, dude, ask him about doing some certain. He's like, well, I can't do anything until I become a black belt. He's That's like, a weird. You mentioned that earlier. I had that perception, and I, like, why I was thinking about the create, having people around me encourage me to create is because I actually had people around me discouraging me to create because I wasn't a black belt. And uh, and I was like, you know, I was like, because you know, some things too. I was like, it's like you're sitting there saying you can't do this, and we're sitting there blasting him, getting made, made him mad too, which is funny. I was like, well, if we didn't make you mad, you wouldn't remember this. <laughs> I was like, if we sitting there just being sweet about it, yeah. And uh, you know, those things too, where I think you're always going to have. Uh, I think you need people to tell you no, not just yes, people in your corner, but you also need to say, hey, this is person speaking to me. Where are they speaking from? Are they speaking? out of my best interest or out of their interest or out, yeah. you know, out of they have nothing. Really What's the lens? Yeah. And all too is like, am I, am I breaking a new barrier? And that's what I loved about the other day about that. Edward Norton Jr. He talked about how, you know, Hendrix, you know, brought through this thing, you know, how Bob Dylan, you Dylan, know, like, yeah. like, you know the, those things. And I was like, Hey, there's lots of, there's things like that. It's not new, but it's different. And it's not, you know, and I was like, is that you or, you know, what are you teaching? And it's like martial arts. You've seen, you know, we talked about the you know the Gracies too, how that completely changed, you know, there how and it's still changing. And even the UFC you see how people used to be it had one thing they were good at, you know, they're good at stand up or good up a ground and now there's kids training UFC that's gonna be, you know, it's training all these different domains and modalities and when they get grown. Yeah, it it is oh man. Well too, like I wonder how many times throughout history we've been at some sort of similar level of combat sports. Like, because honestly, what we're discovering about CTE and stuff right now, it's like, oh, okay. I get why we were point sparring and why Asian martial arts don't hit people in the head, typically. 
like with uh like like punches to the head and like boxing just like all of these subtle differences and you look at how the sport uh point sparring rules and like traditional martial arts evolved to like mostly hit the body with some really nasty kicks which are still legal for the head i never got that but then i kind of guess like i i honestly think it's like at some point you guys realize like because probably because your best friend lost his mind with a mental illness from getting hit in the brain too much. Yeah, I mean, like, the NFL right now is having a huge deal. I mean, you've seen these guys that are committing suicide. and I mean, like, Rob We're going to, yeah. I'm a huge Patriots fan. That's my team. Gronkowski retired. People are like, why did he retire? Peak of his career. I was like, he's had 20 concussions because he's lays his body on the line. They said, we might come back. I was like, he's had so many. He knows that if he doesn't. Dude, I've seen people with three concussions that struggle oh yeah and that's where too people like um in in within counseling and therapy we see people you know tbis especially if you know before and after it's kind of it's sad i mean that's one of those things that you know and sometimes they you know it's like personality it's like it's you see complete changes man that, oh yeah yeah i had a kid get knocked out somewhat recently um and he got hit. Uh, he got hit a few times. He's kind of smaller, and he got rocked a few times. And he said he'd had a concussion previously. And like, I will not let this kid spar anymore. I'm. I'm just like, yeah, dude. You're gonna train for like six more months. We might let you get back out there. It's like, dude. You, like what I saw happen to you. Like that ain't happening again. I was just like, I saw him the other day. I was like, Howie, how are you recovering from your traumatic brain injury, bro? I was like, you're not getting. It, man, this getting educated on that like i've completely in the last five years changed the way i approach sparring a couple of times because of findings evidence paranoia uh and it's like you can do it you can spar but it's like sparring and you can't almost can't develop the the killer instinct without sparring hard a little bit that's the downside it's like so then it's like oh you have a fight coming up okay now we're going to be savages for two weeks yeah, and it's controlled outside of that. But but you also see like people that get injured in that time. Do you remember uh, uh, what's his face? UFC. Uh, I can't see. I can't. Most famous UFC guy right now. Uh, Khabib. No, not him, but the malleus one. Uh, Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah there's the proper whiskey over yeah. there. Yeah. So, I was on account. Can remember that <laughs> completely. Like see notorious. I could see like the documentary and him on the bus. <laughs> but I get like, uh, you know, right before. I mean, he's going hard right before his fight. He gets in. You know, sit there. Was it like what, four years ago? And this is when you start going a hundred percent. Right. You know, and that's when stuff happens though because. It's just the wrong, you know, elbow, wrong fist, wrong, you know, you catch something. Yeah, well, man, and too, like, uh, what's so weird is, like, getting my neck back in good standing, I didn't realize how bad I was jacked up until it got fixed. And then I could, like, look without pain and all these things. I was like, I didn't know. And, like, that was all from good, uh, I think, and like, my doctor thinks so, it's like, it's like, yeah, that's from getting hit. That's from this happening yeah. all the time. Like getting your head snapped back, getting your jaw turned sideways. But like, man, like that, like with where my neck hurts and some of the issues I've had, like with my neck and jaw, it's like this is doing that super hard for 10 years. So wait till you're like 40, 15. Well, I've wondered, like I was just saying about that a couple of days ago. I'm like, you don't think about like, like we're talking about, like it's got to be bad if you see symptoms in the person like 
let's just say, you know, and they're still a young person. But like, you don't think like what the thing is, is like how, how your brain is going to age and deteriorate over time. You know, pupper man out there. Corey must be home. He's, he's a good guard dog. He usually barks at nothing though. And in the middle of the night. He's excited. He's excited yeah. to see her. That's what I mean. That to Alzheimer's, all the things we got going on with that. And so, you know, and people, when you see a real brain hot floats, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not you know people don't realize you know sit there, and even the impacts like the wrecks. I did an indoor rim flip, like Dukes of Hazard went in the air and you know hit the nose first and over, and a Ford Ranger man, and I, it hurt. I mean it hurt. You know you hit solid, and I was sitting there because the doctor asked me about wrecks, and I was like, and I got rendered by a highway highway department truck, on Highway Seven. I got rendered in front of PDQ. I was had my foot on the brake. It got Damn, you, know, man. you know like different yeah. things. I remember that when the. The tape had a, a tape deck. The tape went flying back. You know, you've seen it because I had my foot on the brake because it hit me so hard. And, uh, but you think about your body, a lot of times emotion, people don't realize when you're hitting something. And last year in Hawaii, I jumped off a cliff about 40 something feet. Mm. And, uh, two people jumped off, looked like they'd been beat. You know, they kind of leaned a little bit sideways. And I'm like, I was making fun. I was like, what's wrong with y'all? You know, sit there, just talking trash to him. And it's my buddy's wife. And then they, she had to go to the Dagum doctor. I mean, her whole black and blue from her, like her ankle up to her side, you know. And uh, I think she's got PTSD every time she sees cliffs now. But, uh, you know, the things like I've jumped off stuff like that. You don't think about the re- just a little yeah. bit. I had, uh, we had a student that broke their back jumping off like the Narrows or something uh, that like, they fought in boxing a couple of times. They were did jujitsu. They were active. They were losing weight. Like they were getting in shape, and like now their back's broken. Like yeah. they're never gonna do it. Like they every time they like and they like they stayed with it, trying to work out for a long time, and then just gave up. Where it's like because every time like it was weird how it fractured their back like like across horizontally, like hmm. where you like like right where they would bend over. So yeah. it was like a low back injury. If, I, if, if my memory serves me correct, but dang. That's crazy. Cause it's like, you know, like I went, did the MRI stuff in my back and my neck, so the issues, and it's like, your neck's too straight. <laughs> and you got one of those little, have you seen this? Like, you know, seen the neck, you can put you on the door to hold your neck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I got another one, you lay on the ground, it's like a traction, and you pump it up. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Slowly, those. but I do that pretty often. Here's, it's, it's here's a, a good one I've been doing is, putting something like a pillow type something under your neck and laying flat on your back and then raising your legs up like this, like where you get like your, your legs go up and then they burn, turn it a 90. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, driving your neck back into, so like what I do, you know, the foam rollers yeah. a lot of time have the skinnier one inside mm-hmm. of it. I'll, that's like the perfect size for that. Cause it keeps just the back of your head off right. the, the ground mm-hmm. just a little bit, but I've been getting that, man. Any any kind of traction, I'm all about it. I, I do this for people all the time. Their low back hurts. If you lay on your belly and have somebody pick your feet up, mm. and if you can totally relax your legs, it will traction your low back. Have you seen uh, that Louis Simmons? Uh, Louis Simmons. It's like Westside Barbell. He did. There's a documentary out. Hmm. There's he, they, there's a thing they invented called the. Uh, reverse hyper oh, yeah yeah yes yes no i know what you're talking about joe is big on that i want to buy one because you know your traction your back so you sit there you hold on you're spinning weights but i'll do it like in the pool i get mm-hmm. outside and put like towels on the side and put my gut and sit there and hang you know my feet and pull down and push up because just enough weight it pulls off you know just in, it's kind of yeah. you're sitting there and you're not doing a whole lot of weight but the way the reverse hyper you're holding on and you're just kicking back and you put you know 50 pounds 100 pounds because uh you met adam settle haven't you 
Uh, yeah, oh, Hickey, yeah, you know he's one Dude. huge strength conditioning guy. He's like, and I was like, I need to buy a reverse hybrid for my house and just you know, but they're expensive though because there are only a couple of companies that make. Well, they them. about five hundred bucks or something or more. I think, well, if you get, I think five hundred to thousand, you know, depends if you find it used. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's just like one of those things you only use it for that, and uh, it is. It's super niche. But I'll do uh, like yeah, we have the GHDs across, but I'll grab some. You know, because you can grab the GHDs at bottom up and swing up and cup like a ten pound or something dumbbell. Well, yeah, okay. So more companies are making it. Rogue makes one for eight hundred bucks. Titan makes one for four eighty. Then you got the shipping because they weigh about oh yeah eighty battery heavy. Yeah, and I bet I bet this isn't one of those Amazon Prime Black Friday shipping. That's a great time to buy stuff. I know, dude. That's why I was kind of talking to you about some of the. I'm going to be upgrading the equipment for the old podcast here a little bit. So That is a perfect day to do that. You sit there and definitely you can, put, you can watch stuff now so much. You can put stuff on there. Yeah. 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 Well, dude, we've been rocking it for three hours. Dude, man. I didn't know I'm talking that long. But. Yeah. No, nah, hey, that's totally fine. I'm like, I've been kind of limiting my podcast more because like, honestly, this has been great because we haven't had any like downtimes and like we usually, but it's i've been talking trying to ask people like hey uh you you want to do an hour you want to do an hour and a half because it, it sometimes it's helpful and sometimes people will not tell you and they'll be like i gotta go get my kid i gotta leave like five minutes ago <laughs> i say i gotta go so no, yeah i want to say something really quick man i want to say um i really appreciate uh what you and core have done for our community like man you guys add value to it um i appreciate that man I'm, seriously though it's like you know the kids and the grown-ups and you make a safe place to train to i don't think uh, some people have ever been to other places to get beat up and i have i have a friend you know in tennessee i want to talk about he had to have neck surgery because he yeah. had a guy just abuse him in there which was the you know i'm like wow teacher and uh and the guy you know this guy was in the military smart you know and strong and the guy just t- you know sit there and just <laughs> and then he tapped you know what it was name, but he's like you don't hurt somebody oh, and uh, but you know it's, i was like it's a safe place you guys provide a safe place i think you know male female you know old young and uh and all the people man it's one thing i hope my back neck doctor like releases me because like rolling the classes at noon in the morning classes man the guys are all good and respectful which like i said you don't find that everywhere you don't there's no egos there and uh that's a, that's a huge deal and adding the community just you know other things you're doing too and teaching and um i'm excited to see you know i mean the future for you guys and what's going to happen me too man there's a little bit uh it's not there's not there's just excitement not uncertainty because we're about to move we're about to double our square footage from four to eight thousand so possibilities are endless but uh it's been it, i mean we've been working on getting this going for like 14 months now and did not originally plan on moving just because honestly it's time it's a timing thing the opportunity was never there it, like it, we were trying to build and this is going to be the best scenario though so we're we're pumped and hopefully we can do better than what you think right now that's the goal it's like man i feel like we've been in my mind as a business owner it's like we've been kind of sucking for the last year because car accidents happen in the parking lot and it's too crowded and it's good problems to have yeah i mean that stuff like that's means growing pain so that's that's a that's the right but you guys are going the right direction though i mean too the city stuff is stupid i mean still stupid to me but i was like past that i was thinking about like perseverance <clears throat> and like good business people like you know what's this is opportunity you get a place that doubles your size and uh still close to tech still you know still close to easy well to and you. this is like and it only shook out like within about fifteen thousand dollars 
swing more financially beneficial than it would have been if we would have built or if we we even looked at another location over as a gymnastics place that went out but we were back and forth with them a little bit they like we told them we wanted to look at it as soon as they put it on the market and then they raised it a hundred thousand dollars like I have a screenshot before and after and I was just like I think they thought that they like were gonna sit on it for a long time they had just closed it two weeks earlier and it was it was over there by Nick and Jessica at Sign Hub. It's right yeah. back in very back in there and but that that's the only other thing that even remotely presented an opportunity of buying and then Jamie just happened to hear to yeah. hear about our city woes and was like, I'd love to sell you this. I got a deal for you. So it's it's really worked out great, man. No, so. thanks again for having me on too. Hey, well dude, I again I know you're a busy guy. You got trips coming up and back for trips and we had talked about podcasting before and i really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me and um anything uh any recommendations i plug your podcast real quick as well and anything you would like to say um uh, my podcast forged by fire me and ron stevens talk about being dads husbands uh trying to be men you know good men at that and trying to still train and do fun stuff and that um forged by fire is the name of it then also my wife you know you're worth it definitely self-worth podcast for women i'm really proud of her and that's a just, cool name you're yeah, worth it yeah she's thinking about self-worth because she's like a wallflower you know, introvert you know so really she speaks about fear and a lot of stuff you know she's overcame um excited about that man but uh just uh like i said you know learning and seeing curiosity and man just you know keep reading people be curious man go out there and do something find out something and, you know small business pro small business yeah. I'm excited for so I'm so excited for you guys to grow likewise well uh what's for dinner you said you're having dinner and getting cooked right now man I don't know I have like the best Natalie give her a shout out Bill Clinton pitcher take her with her this week and so I give her a hard time hopefully she'll cook something good she cooks yeah. like twice a week you know I'm, I'm kind of sad about her going on for Christmas vacation because I'm like man Cora has been on she's been on a roll lately she's a good cook and I, come I'm, I'm, some dinner then I'm really uh, I'm fortunate well man we I would love to uh, to get together again whether it's another podcast or yeah. uh, I was have you on hours soon yeah that would be cool that would be cool I um I actually I've been asked to go on one podcast is like Bryant and I didn't do it. Oh, I did a podcast on the phone one time with somebody. They called me. They yeah. had the phone set up and that's how they like to do them. So you can come, you can come to my house and do it. Yeah. Well, man, I would love to. Um, uh, and in the meantime too, so I was going to say, so like, like in closing on your jujitsu, you might think about like, just if you wanted to, to like, you're overcoming injuries, it's more like he's getting somebody to do privates with me. That's what I was going to ask you. you know? you're, you're, I asked Corey when I first came, she's like, Ryan doesn't do privates. Think about it I have not unless been very, doing Unless you're very special. And I was like, what is, what is that concept? Yeah, yeah, well, that she's just saying what uh, I told her to say, really. Because, man, there was such a there was a time where I just had to I had to really cut them back down. It was right when I started teaching. That's probably right when you started coming in. And I, for so long, I that was like the supplement of my income is I would do privates with people. But whether it's with me or anybody, and I, I would be open to that. I, Nick Oots is actually the only person I still work with. So, and he's awesome. Nick, Nick uh, he usually works with me on Friday mornings. So, but uh, I would be open to something like that. And like with your injuries, though, that's the only reason I bring that up because with an instructor is so much more controlled and like you don't feel like rolling that day. Like Nick and I, we roll sometimes. But man, I let him work. I'm like, dude, just do your thing, man. Like, I can stop you from hurting me. We'll be yeah, fine, yeah. you know. But he's he too. He's like a freaking Tasmanian devil. He's like a 
little dude and can move. I've known him like 20 years. He's, su- he's such a good dude. He does so much good stuff for our brand. Yeah, he's, so. yeah, he's, he's a good yeah, He and Jessica both. And great people. Yeah. We're right on, man. Again, thank you. Signing off. We'll uh, wrap it up here. Thanks, guys.